It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There is, that's, that's it. One more. Get it right. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. You're a never was. We. Our back, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, this is the Sports Loud Mouth. I'm the host, or your host, or everybody's host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy, Petey, and I'm the studio tonight, uh, a very friendly guy, as everybody knows, and, and we've known him for many, many years on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and now, obviously, we know where he is now, he's in Alabama, the Bama of all Bamas. Mark Everett Kelly. What's going on, Mark? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me here. Uh, it is good. Story. It's good to be back here on Long Island. But thanks yeah, for it's me always on. good. It's always good. Speedy is uh, always bad, but that's just <sighs> Speedy, you know? Don't worry. I gelled my hair today. Just Did for you? you. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Just for you. I gelled my hair. Well, you need to gel your hair. You need to look sexy for all those uh, wonderful, beautiful ladies that are watching this show right now as we speak. What do you think, Speedy? Sure. We'll do, do, we, do we attract the girls? Do, ladies and gentlemen, does Speedy attract you? That's the question. That could be the new source of our show. Anyway, Speedy, what is the number to call the number show? Number to call is 631-672-3108. There you go. And ladies and gentlemen, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. What is Josh saying over there? Uh, yes, he was just asking the showtime's got moved. Yes, we are Tuesday and Thursdays, Josh. Yes, we wanted to move back to Tuesday. We, that was where it was was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Tuesdays and Thursdays. But because of our wrestling show, we changed it. Yes. Yeah, Josh, all because of the wrestling show. Yeah, well, we got to blame it on somebody, right? We might as, might as well no, blame we can just blame it on Lyle. That's always fun. Well, too. Lyle, yeah, definitely. Definitely blame it on Lyle. Uh, that would be that would definitely be something. Slug, Slug won't be happy, but everyone else will be fine with it. Why is that? Because Slug loves Lyle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. But uh, Lyle is not on the show, so there you go. <laughs> Anyways, um, at 9.30, we'll be talking to ESPN Cleveland radio host Mott, Matt Fontana. I said Mott. Matt Fontana. Hoople. Yeah, well, Mott, uh, you know, applesauce. You like Mott's? <laughs> I like Mott's applesauce. I got the Mott's. Uh, yeah, some matza, Some matza balls, you know? Speedy, do you have balls? Yes, I do. How many? Two. Are you sure? Yeah. One doesn't work, right? Maybe. Oh, there you it's, go. It's this kind of stuff I missed. Yeah, well, I miss it, too. I mean, obviously, his balls are definitely not shaved. Yes, but... Mark, you don't have to deal with it. Uh, you don't have to deal with it twice a week. At 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to fan side busting bracket site expert Tristan Freeman. So we'll talk a little, uh, you know. Sweet 16, which is coming up this weekend. He was actually at the Houston and uh, Houston Illinois game and the Villanova Ohio State game. Are you jumping for joy for that, Speedy? Well, they already happened. <laughs> well, were you jumping for joy? When I wasn't happened? at those games. I didn't was. say you were at the game. You were watching the game. God damn it! How many times do we have to say this? 
Anyways, uh, so our two very special guests. We have a lot to talk about. Deshaun Watson uh, getting traded to the Browns for two hundred. What is it? Two hundred thirty million dollars. Two hundred thirty million dollar extension. Over uh, the first ridiculous next five money. Years. And uh, as Baker Mayfield was crying the blues on social media and saying, "Trade me, trade me, please." So. Uh, they're trying to figure out what they're doing with Baker Mayfield. Where Baker Mayfield is heading uh, is is something to our crazy nature. I've been hearing Pittsburgh. I've also heard Seattle. Uh, and I've also heard in the grapevines, Washington. It, it Carlson Wentz over there. I don't know why they're looking to add Baker Mayfield, but because of, because Carson Wentz is also fragile, so maybe they're looking for an insurance policy. Well, that's a lot. You're gonna have to. There, <laughs> By the way, the Browns think that they get a first-round draft pick for Baker. Oh, Baker good luck Mayfield. with that. So, uh, well, it's going to be very interesting to see where Baker is the heading. O- the only chance of uh, Baker Mayfield getting a first-round pick is if Tyler were the GM Baker! of that team. Baker, where are you? Come inside. I mean, his wife is all over social media. She wants to, like, chop, uh, you know, the general manager up into pieces uh, after just pretty much tossing him to the birds. Anything's better than Patrick Mahomes' wife. But I okay. mean, uh, let me tell you something. I feel bad for Baker. How could you not feel bad for Baker Mayfield? You don't feel bad for Baker Mayfield? I didn't say I didn't feel bad for him. I mean, he played with a busted shoulder all season long in pain. He went out there, still threw over 3,000 yards, still have 17 touchouts. Yes, he threw 12, 13 interceptions, but... Uh, all in all, Baker Mayfield is still a quality quarterback in this league. Say whatever you want to say about him. Um, we will get into that. We'll get into Matt Ryan getting traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, interesting move for Indiana, uh, especially trading Carlson Wentz away to Washington. And they didn't have to give up much for Matt Ryan. I know Matt Ryan's a little bit older. He was an MVP a couple of years ago. And he still played quality football this year in Atlanta with really nobody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had they pile. Had, they had some good offensive players. They, 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 really, it was only they, Pitts and Patterson. I, could, really... I call him pile. You know, it's <laughs> Pitts pile. But uh, Pitts is uh, Pitts is a good player, and Patterson played very well as like a running back slash wide receiver. They just sure. resigned there too. Oh, two years, ten million dollars. Yeah. So, and, and we'll get into some March Madness as. Everybody wants to get into the Michigan game. And I told you guys, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan beats Tennessee. Uh, they did. Uh, I did pick Tennessee, by the way, on my bracket. <laughs> Carl's already coming. It's like waiting for Jeff to eat some Barnes and Tennessee Crow. Yeah, well, you know, Jeff Jeff's, uh, Jeff will show his, his nasty little fan. I'm just kidding, Jeff. You know I love you. But... And Ben also says March Madness is over on to next season. Yeah, I actually picked them to lose in the first round, and uh, they almost lost against Colgate. And then what, Iowa Wisconsin State beat them. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. I picked Wisconsin to get it to Sweet 16. Um, that was wrong. But there you go. You need to be more less one dimensional, Ben. There's Jeff. Jeff's in there. There we go. We uh, you need a there. team less one dimensional. Twenty six percent of your scoring is from Johnny Davis. You're not going to be able to win like that, Ben. <laughs> we'll get into some baseball conversation as Trevor Stories. Yes, Trevor Stories signs with the Boston Red Sox. What a contract, too, man. That's a crazy contract. But I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, Trevor Stories is still a good player. I mean, coming to the American League, I want to see how he fits in. Uh, the Yankees, it was too rich for their blood. I didn't see the Yankees giving him 150 million. What was it, 140? Six years, 140. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I, I mean, but Trevor Story still plays very well. He's a power bat. And, and, and listen, the, the Red Sox, everything they've touched over the last couple of years, uh, you know, it's turned turned to be good. So maybe uh, him going over there to the Red Sox, Fits where uh, the Red Sox are looking to have. A... By the way, what are they doing with what's his name again? Their shortstop. Are they moving Trevor Story? Trevor Story is going to move to second. 
Oh, all right. So that's, you have the, one of the best infielders in the league. You talking yeah. about Xander? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah they'll Xander keep Xander Lopez. at second uh, at shortstop. He signed because, a long term extension. Yep, he, right? they already did. He already did it at the beginning of last year, so he's already set. Interesting and, move. And he's better defensively at shortstop than Story is. So Story was willing to move to second as a result. <laughs> and and Jeff, if you don't think that was a bad contract, go look at Trevor Story's numbers last year. Okay, on Colorado. All right, in a National League. So please. Don't don't get me started. Now, you, you want to stick up for your Red Sox? That's fine. I, I think that was a little bit overpaying a player that didn't have a good season last year. I would have given him three years, $100 million, three year, four years, $115 million. I'm not giving him, what was it, six years? It was six years, 140. 140. And, you know, and let's be honest. We don't know what Trevor Stories is going to be in the American League. All right? So you overpaid for a shortstop, which you're moving to second. And by the way... DJ LeMayu is the Yankees' second base. Malau Glaber Torres. And DJ LeMayu is a million times better than Trevor Stories. Okay, uh, ben, so. ben also says, uh, Notre Dame is my backup, unfortunately, Speedy. They hung tough for a while. Give them a lot of credit. And home resting from the hospital this afternoon. We'll try to watch most of the show. Yes, happy, Ben, wishing you happy, all the best. Uh, happy that you're okay, Ben. Uh, as everybody knows, we have Mark Everett Kelly in the studio. So why don't we get into this Deshaun Watson thing? Because it seems like I, I, when, when this came and this bri- broke, you know, all over the NFL network. I was very surprised. Very, very surprised. that Because we heard that the Browns were out. The, the, the day before, 24 hours before, uh, it, was, it was said the agent of Deshaun Watson said that the Browns were completely out of the hunt for Deshaun Watson. It was really Atlanta. And who was the other team? It was Atlanta and somebody Atlanta, else. It was, it was the three NFC South teams. Saints, Panthers, Falcons. It was Atlanta and the Saints. I, 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 I did not think the Panthers had any chance for them. But it was Atlanta and the Saints, and I thought the Saint, uh, Atlanta had the best chance of getting him at one point. But it broke, and the Browns gave him an unbelievable extension, an extension that it, I think Deshaun Watson at one point before he was suspended from the NFL and, and everything that happened, I thought he was the best quarterback in the league. That, that's my opinion. To have the numbers that he had on the Texans with the weapons that they had, he was fantastic. Over five, almost 5,000 yards. I think it was 5,000 yards. He had like 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He should have been up for MVP. He didn't get it. But all in all, Deshaun Watson heads to the Browns. Now, what does this do for the Browns? Now, you, you look at that division, and listen, the, the AFC North is a fantastic division. Baltimore's there. The Bengals are there. And, and now you have Pittsburgh with Trubisky. And now you add this, this particular player, uh, Deshaun Watson. Who's the best quarterback in that division? It's not even an argument. It's Deshaun Watson. It, it's not even. Now, it's going to take Deshaun Watson to figure things out. You don't think it's Joe Burrow? No. I think it's Deshaun Watson. The guy just took his team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, well— his defense helped out there, too. I mean, the offensive line was horrible, but Joe Burrow played well. And I love Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is one of my favorite players in this league now. And I, 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 I've talked about Joe Burrow as the next Tom Brady. I really think he's a fantastic quarterback. But there's something about Deshaun Watson, and anybody could argue this. Deshaun Watson, before he was hurt, he was amongst the top three best quarterbacks in the league. And to me, maybe right now going into the season, it's Joe Burrow. But once right. he figures yeah, things out, that's what I would say. Because I mean, right. you get to Super Bowl, you got to be the best. When you figure, right when you figure things out, when Deshaun Watson figures things out, 
being that he's been out of the league for two years, he's a much more talented player than Joe Burrow. Yeah, he had a great last year. I mean, 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. Yeah, I think he's implying more Watson's peak has been yeah, better than Burrow's peak. I would peak say so, too. So far, I would say so, true, too. Yeah. But right now, it's hard to, it's hard to say now, Burrow's better. I, I, I look at, obviously, Lamar Jackson. A lot of people think Lamar Jackson with, with the, the, obviously, additions that they have made this offseason, adding arguably the best safety in all of football. And Marcus Williams, uh, they did lose Smith. He he signed with uh, the Vikings today, a uh, three-year deal worth, I, I, I don't know how much money it was, 140, 130? No, it wasn't 140, I'm sorry. It was 70. Uh, 70 million dollars. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Smith, uh, I don't understand what happened. Maybe he just didn't pass the, uh, uh, what would they do? The physical. The physical or whatever the hell it was. But he, uh, he didn't pass the physical, so he goes over there to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, is it a good addition? I, I think the Vikings are really reaching. He didn't turn and cough? Is that what you're saying? I have no idea. But, <laughs> I, I mean, you look at Deshaun Watson right now. It wasn't a lot of money to extend him. Yes, they give up a yeah, lot, too. Right. They give up three first-round draft picks for him. Now, this is a guy that hasn't played for two years. Now, Deshaun Watson has also had uh, ACL surgery twice. On the same leg, so uh, you're you're definitely reaching on a guy that just turned 28, or is going to be 28 before the season starts, and a guy that hasn't stepped on the football field in two years. Now, if anybody can do it, it's Deshaun Watson. But there's also character issues too. Yeah, let's, let's not skip around that one. I mean, he said. He Do you did believe some all those really, stories? I think he did some really stupid things. I, I think if you want that type of attention, you don't go to people who are going to massage you. You do. You go somewhere else. Mm. So the fact that he was doing that yes, with, Jeff, with people who were <laughs> at least he says on the phone, so we who were supposedly that <laughs> using that for like a massage therapy. I think some of those things were really dumb that he did. He could have avoided a lot of that, and the arrogance that he did it with. I think is a problem. So if he's grown up a little bit and if he kind of takes some of that back, I, I think that that will go a long ways to him fitting in. But that was a really stupid thing he did. He put his – obviously, he was mad at the Texans. Everything that was going on around that time mm-hmm. where he wanted to be traded and then you think, okay, are they sabotaging him with this information? So there was a possibility of that. But when you found out exactly what happened – he was just stupid. He did some really dumb things that you would expect a guy his age to know better mm-hmm. when you're an athlete and when you have that much attention on you. Carl says, Chris Bryant was a bad contract. I can't wait for Quiddy Pay to sack Watson. Thoughts on Quiddy Pay, Mark? And uh, Watson, Burrow. Okay, what? Uh, Quiddy Pay. <laughs> uh, he's on the Colts. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Watson, Burrow, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Mitch Trubisky is Carl's order. And as I mentioned, we have Jeff on now. Jeff, what's going on, man? Hey, Jeff. Mark, uh, first of all, so I have some housekeeping to do. One would be uh, to Ben. I hope Ben is feeling well. Two would be to Carl. You're right. I was wrong. I can admit it when I'm wrong. Good for you. I'm happy for your poverty fucking college in Michigan. Uh, three, Mark, it's good to see you're uh, well enough to be in studio. Can you give me a go dogs? Go dogs. Yes, go dogs. I love it. I love it. Because I know what killed him inside. No, I really, I mean, yeah, it was, it was hard, but what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, you want to know what? They earned it, though. They did. They, they did. It. They so did. I'm happy that you could do that. And, and they did. They earned it. Absolutely. Alabama bounces back and wins this year. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, no doubt. Well, Georgia was a better, better team in the championship game. 
Stop kissing his ass. I'm not kissing his ass. I'm telling it. I'm saying what the truth was. Look, I respect Mark. We just got off to a a rocky beginning when he mentioned that Alabama quarterbacks were so much better than Ohio State quarterbacks, which we will not get into. Don't worry. We got next year's draft for that to be the maybe ultimate decider of that. Yeah, Bryce Young is going to be the number one guy. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The the next item of housekeeping I would like to do is laugh in Errol's face when he goes, oh, what a bad contract Red Sox gave Simeon got twelve year, uh, $25 million a year for seven years at age 31. The Red Sox gave Story $23 million a year for six years at age 29. Red Sox win. Just because your poverty franchise won't pay Carlos Correa, don't shit on other teams. Poverty? Poverty? Well, hold on one second. We're going to sit through it with Carlos Correa. First of all, listen, I, I, do I think the Yankees should have signed him three years? The franchise has got nothing. They, re- nothing. Really? They got nothing? Nothing. They got nothing, nothing. huh? Uh, they have nothing. Well, Red Sox now have the best middle infield in all of baseball. Okay. We'll see what Trevor Story does in, in, in Fenway Park. By the way, that's uh. a brilliant move, too. So Because when they get rid of J.D. Martinez next year, they'll put Bogarts at third. Have Story play short. Nick York will come up or, or Jeter Downs and play And second. where are they going to put Devers? D.H. 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 Uh, oh, so you're going to just make Devers, your young superstar player, a D.H. An everyday yes. D.H. Great move. Uh, Great move. Uh, uh, yeah, but you want to know what you can do? Because yeah. there'll be a rotation there. You can, oh, when Bogarts needs a day off, they'll put Devers in the field. Boom, perfect. Well, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, you're going to sit here and tell me that Trevor Stories, that was a great contract. What did Trevor Stories, what did he do last year? What did he do last year? Why Let's look at his numbers. I think he was last year a 250 he had, hitter. He had like 36 home runs or something, didn't not he? Last year, not last year. Uh, not he, last year. He had the worst year of and his career. And he played in Colorado. Okay? He played yeah, in yeah, Colorado. But that, but that, 251, 24 home runs, 75 RBIs, 329 on base percentage. 20 stolen In Colorado. Right, Jeff, that, that, me and right, you can hit home runs in Colorado. Right, but that outfield is adjusted. The fence is pushed further back to adjust for the lack of air. So there's that. Okay, and by we'll the see way, this. It's, oh, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. and, and it's far better than what the market bears. Because like okay. I just said to you, Stanley at two years older got $2 million more a year for a longer stint mm-hmm. and stories younger. So there's that. And Simmons, for, for Simeon had a better season. He had a better season than Trevor Story. They got Story in a bargain. I don't think they did. I I really don't think they did. You gave him a six-year deal. A six-year deal where you stuck with Trevor Story. Right, so he's done at 35. He's 29. All right, well, we'll see what he does this year. I mean, you have your obvious opinion. Okay. This isn't, look look at at Simeon's contract. Seven years at age 31. They're not done with him until he's 38. Yeah, but Simeon, out at 35. Simeon's is a better player than Trevor Story, okay? Well, hey, we'll see now that he went to Texas. We'll see now that right. he doesn't have the help all around You're, him. You might be right. Right, but had, they also have that big ballpark in Oakland, too, which doesn't help him either. You might be right. You might be right. And Trevor Story, he also played in Colorado all those years. It's a different right, play. he's got a short left field fence. Well, well hold on. Field hold field on. Field look, look at Trevor Story's numbers outside of Colorado. Now, here's last year's splits. Now, he actually had more home runs on the road, mm-hmm. 13 home runs. Where did he play? Where did he play on the road last year? Every National League park, yeah. I would imagine. Uh, he didn't play injuries. all season last year. Well, barring the injury. He didn't exactly. play all year. Yeah, I don't know right exactly there. which day. He had 526 which... at-bats. So he didn't play all year last year. You have to have 900. Yeah, almost... All right, he missed 20 games. But whatever, I don't know the exact park split of what he played and what he is. So okay. it's every National League park, park plus the, I think, the American League Central. League How many home runs year. did he have last year? Last year he had 13 home runs on the road. He had 28 RBIs. But here's the bigger difference. 
203 batting average versus 296 at home, 365 on base percentage versus 292, and then OPS both adjusted and the main OPS. I, I know was it's big. just numbers, so we don't know what he's going to do in the American League. Obviously, being better protected uh, in the you know the Red Sox lineup, which is a better Red lineup. Red Sox have a better lineup. They do. They do. Hard. They do. There's no question that they do. So we don't know what Trevor Stories is going to do in a better lineup. But he's also playing in the American League East, probably the best division in all of baseball. You're going to have to play the Yankees 16 times. You're going to have to play the Blue Jays 16 times. You're going to have to play the Rays 16 times. That's a significant amount of he's teams. He's going to love hitting Yankee pitching. All really? Oh, uh, really? He's going to love hitting Yankees pitching. Okay. You, you mentioned Marcus Simeon. Man, that was a crazy contract to give Marcus Oh, absolutely. Simeon. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> No question that. Kyle Seager. I mean, the, the Rangers are just stupid. Look the at Rangers. The, the Rangers. How many are bad contracts have they given out? Oh yeah, they, they that was the only way. Going back to Alex us. Rodriguez. I mean, they, right. they just make dumb choices. Well, they were the only. But you can, you know, but you can say that's a crazy contract, but that's what the market bears. Yeah. Right? We had we had this whole thing where everyone was like, "Oh, I bet Carlos Correa didn't, doesn't get two hundred million, and he, he did. didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. However." He got the highest average annual value of any player in baseball history. Yeah. I actually like what Correa did. I think that was actually brilliant because then he could cash in again at 29. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I think, and, I think, and I also think with Correa, with Minnesota, if he has a good season at the trade deadline, if they want to move him, they could get a lot back for Carlos Correa. So I, I think it was a good move for both parties. For right, both parties. Could, but, right, they could, but here's the problem. is like you're right and you're wrong at the same time because – you're like, oh, no one's going to pay Carlos Correa that money. Yeah, they made him the highest paid player in baseball. Right, and the Twins did, which is really weird. You well, don't the, expect and, them to do and, that. And a lot of people, a lot of Yankee fans are upset yeah, but because, because but, but a lot of sneaky teams have been doing stuff because Corey Seager also got a monster. I know. Right, yeah, that was again another dumb one. I think right, that one was ten years for another dumb one. Injury prone. I think I think a lot of Yankee fans were upset because the Yankees took on Donaldson's contract from the Twins, and then they had Carlos Correa. And I think listen, if Donaldson stays healthy this year, now that's an if. If he stays healthy, I think Donaldson will play very well in Yankee Stadium. But which He's Donaldson got great are you numbers. getting? I mean, the guy was with the Braves and the Blue Jays, or the guy that was with the Twins, who did nothing. When he's played, when he, he didn't do nothing last year. He, he was the fifth best third baseman in all of baseball. He had year. he had lights out numbers with the Braves. And That's then, fine. And then he just That's fine. But in Yankee Stadium, in Yankee Stadium, I think he had. I, I think he'll be all right. In Yankee Stadium, he had 16 home runs in his career. He's bat, he's batting 330 in Yankee Stadium. He's a great Yankee Stadium hitter. And that's why Brian Cashman made the move for him. Now, do I think the Yankees made a mistake? He's on a great Yankee Stadium Yankee. hitter because he got to hit Yankees pitching. What's he going to do? Well, I, I don't know what you say about Yankees pitching because the Yankees, besides last year, well, what, the Yankees were well, a top ten pitching staff in all of baseball for the last five six years. Let's just apply. Okay, I'm just going to use error logic here. I'm going to use error logic. Here we go. He listens to. Mm-hmm. Why don't we apply all the things you just said about Trevor Story to Josh Donaldson? Mm-hmm. Well, he's got to face the Red Sox 16 yep. times and the Absolutely. Rays 16 times and all this 16 times. Absolutely. So is he going to put up the same numbers? Go, no, go look at his numbers. Go look at his numbers against the Red Sox, buddy. Go look at his numbers against the Red Sox. Go. Uh, Carl, to answer your question, yes. Go look at his numbers. I dare you. Go look at his numbers. His numbers are great against the Red Sox in Fenway Park. Okay? So go look at it, Jeff. Go look it up on your phone. Because I know that for a fact. Uh, to answer right. Carl's question, yes, uh, Chris Bryant got seven years, one hundred eighty-two million dollars overall from the Rockies. You forget that Donaldson was Rockies. an MVP. You forgot about that. Right. You, you. It, but is is that so? Hold on, the Bryant thing because I'm bad with math, so I need Speedy because he's like Rayman. Is that more or less than twenty-three million a year? 
That is twenty six million a year. Carl's exactly right. Twenty six million a year. Seven years, one eighty two. So, um, so look at the look at what the market is bearing. Correa got the most money ever. Um, Bryant, Chris Bryant is getting twenty six million a year. Seager's getting a boatload of money. And you get and you got Trevor Story for twenty three. That's a deal. Uh, Frankie Coniglio also comments. Story yeah, that, is overrated and played in course. And Donaldson, Donaldson didn't do will that. Never have the year in thirteen. Donaldson didn't do that. I don't well know who that year. guy is, but I already don't like him. <laughs> I listen. I don't think Trevor Story is overrated. I think that he's going to the American League East. He played in Coors Field. It's a it's a place where you can hit home runs. Uh, and most most hitters that leave Coors Field, aka somebody that went to St. Louis last year, uh, he didn't have such a great season right, either. Think, Arenado, right? Just like you, just like you're saying with 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 Donaldson, though, I can show you because they've all been on Twitter. You know, when you follow, yeah, them, yeah, okay, they're all over the place. Yeah. I can show you a whole reel of bomb home runs Trevor, Trevor Story hit. This has nothing to do with Donaldson. I don't know why you keep bringing up Donaldson. This has nothing to do with the Yankees. I'm just talking about when you brought up Trevor Story, do I think the Red Sox gave him a a six-year deal that's a long contract? Absolutely. I think they gave him too long of a contract. I don't know what Trevor Story is going to do in the American League East. I think it could be a good move. It could. It it, it could. Defensively, it could. Offensively, I don't know. But it's also a great move because Bogarts is probably needing the Red Sox. So I believe that, too. I believe right. that. Too. So, who else are you going to get? They looked at the market and they said, "Let's take Trevor Story." I think it's a smart move. Well, listen, and, I, and again, I like Trevor Story. I, I always like Trevor Story. Last year, when uh, when everybody was talking about the end of the season, who the Yankees should get out and go after, I think second or third at, as far as shortstops was Trevor Story on my list. But I'm not. If I'm the Yankees, and I'm sure the Yankees, you know, actually reached out to the agent of Trevor Story. When you hear six years, or that's what they wanted five. I think they wanted five years or more for him to go to the Yankees. I'm not doing that. And remember, DJ Lemayu was selling him to the Yankees. DJ Lemayu wanted Trevor Stories over there playing for the Yankees. The Yankees weren't budging. Yeah, I they weren't. The quote, I believe the quote that he was that he was quoted in uh, the Times, New York Times, or whatever it was. I, that's the last team I wanted him to go to. So DJ LeMayu seems to think he's a pretty great player. Yeah, well, listen. And DJ LeMayu had a, he was hurt all season long. DJ LeMayu got a six-year deal from the Yankees. But the Yankees paid DJ LeMayu, one of the best hitters in baseball, $80 million a year. Mm. I mean, $80 million for over a full six con- years. Yeah. Over six years. That's a wonderful contract. Trevor Story, is Trevor Story, a, a, a Trevor, Trevor Story anywhere close to the player of DJ LeMayu? The answer is no. He's not. So when you look at the when you look at the market, mm-hmm. if you just look at the market, look at what Simeon got. They played the same position. He's two years older and got a year longer contract. Right. Seven years at age thirty-one. All right, and, and he's not he's not the offensive player. Simeon right. is not the consistent offensive player that Story's been either. And the, uh, first of all, Stories See, again played. You, Mark. Tre- tre- Trevor Story. <laughs> Trevor <laughs> Story. For all time. Tre- <laughs> Trevor Story has played in Coors Field his whole career on Colorado. It's a different place to play when you go. It's like going to the Broncos, going to Denver, okay? The advantage of all the players and all the, and the quarterbacks that play over there in Denver, because you play over there. All year round, it, there is an advantage to play at playing in Denver. Okay, right, but you're, so, you're forgetting the defense there is adjusted. That outfield is enormous. They have one of the so the, is the ball the too biggest ballpark. They have one of the biggest ballparks because of and that. and what so is the air adjusted. over there? Well, what is the air over there? What do they right, say about but, the air over there? But you're you're right. It's they compensate for those things. It's ten. No, it's ten percent lighter. But you're forgetting the ballpark is also adjusted for that. 
Jeff, how many players left Colorado and succeeded? How many um, how many great players that you remember over the last ten years that has left Colorado and just been unbelievable leaving Colorado? Hey, listen, someone's gonna break the mold, right? <laughs> Matt Holiday and LeMay are the only two I could think of. And Matt Holiday, there you go. And Matt Holiday, LeMay stinks. He never succeeded doing anything. LeMay No, twenty nineteen. I'm was talking very about. Good. I'm, I'm talking about what? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm only saying that, Speedy, just to prove Arnold's point, right? Because he wants to go. Oh, no one's ever left there. What is Trevor Story? Right. What? Yeah, what why does everybody like Trevor Stories? Because of his power, right? They they like him. He, his power he, at shortstop. He's one of the best fielders in all of baseball. All right, all right we'll see. We'll see if that is happens. Not? We'll see if that happens this year. Uh, in I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is, 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 he's is, a good player. Uh, he's a good player. Is, he had a bad so, season last year. So, so now, magically, the ballpark also helps him become a ridiculously good field. <laughs> Jeff, we got to you. Call back a little bit later in the show. We got we got our guest. Okay. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Roll tide, uh, Mark. Double tide. <laughs> when we come back, we'll be talking to ESPN Cleveland radio host Matt Fontana here on a Sports Lamas. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. I am your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey, and our special guest in studio, Mark Everett Kelly. You can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www worldwidesportsradio.com Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And by the way, Jeff, you, we could go back and forth. We could argue our points about Trevor Stories. And Trevor Story could fit perfectly in Fenway Park and for the Boston Red Sox. Absolutely could. My bet is I don't think it's going to work there. I, I, I He might have, out of the six years, he could have two good years. It's not going to make a difference for paying him $23 million and extending him six years where he's not, his career, I mean, his career will be over in Red Soxville at 35 years old. So I don't like it. I don't like the move, but that's just my opinion. I, and as far as Donaldson is concerned, in the last, I, I'm looking at his numbers last before year, we get a guess. Was really it was horrible. I mean, last year he had 26 home runs. Yeah, he 72 was, RBI. That's not very, very good for third baseman in the American For 540, he was ranked fifth offensively out of all the all the third basements in all of baseball. Not, and he only had 543 at-bats. It's not what he did in Atlanta. It's not what he did in, in, in Toronto or Oakland. What do you mean in Atlanta? He had, in he had Atlanta, a, he had a great year. Thirty-seven home runs and ninety-four RBIs, yeah, and, and and uh, in Minnesota, he he barely he was, played twenty-eight games. He was a bomb. Cleveland, he only played sixteen games. Toronto, his last year with Toronto, I think he played, uh, if I'm not mistaken, thirty-six games. He he's been hurt a lot. He's got to stay healthy for the Yankees. Right, whatever does, the reason, I'm saying his numbers weren't as good as they were. All right, why don't we bring in our guest? We are now talking to ESPN Cleveland radio host Matt Fontana. What's going on, Matt? You guys want me to tell you about Josh Donaldson? Because he was here for all of two months, and I think he got like 15 at-bats, got hurt. <laughs> that was it. So it really didn't work out too well when no, he was in Cleveland. No, it didn't. I don't, he's one of those guys I just don't know how. I mean, like, you know, former MVP, I get it, but you just keep signing. You keep seeing the deals, and you go, how do these guys just keep pulling this stuff? Because you guys are – I mean, right. like, again, I know he's a good player. Like, mm-hmm. I understand why – you know, the Indians at the time, the Guardians now, like, traded for him. But he was – literally, he was here for a playoff run 
and he was hurt for the – he came back just for the playoffs, I think played three games or something like that, and that was it. So he hasn't been really good in the playoffs and, either. And, and here's yeah. another thing. Donaldson has never played in a lineup, lineup as good as the Yankees. So no. maybe being protected with all the players that the Yankees have around him, it's only going to make him a better player because he's going to see better pitches and, and, and more, uh, more pitches that he can hit – uh, over there in Yankee Stadium. And by the way, his numbers in Yankee Stadium, 333 career hitter in Yankee Stadium, 13 of 14 home runs. I mean, he's a pretty good hitter in Yankee Stadium with the protection that he has with Judge and Giancarlo and Gleyber Torres and DJ LeMayu. That's a pretty good lineup with him in the lineup. So it, it, you can't argue as a Yankee fan that if he stays healthy, it could work. So why don't we get into the Cleveland, yes, the Cleveland Browns, because that's the story over there. I mean, the Baker, first of all, this Baker Mayfield thing has really, you know, spun, okay? Baker Mayfield comes out. He says he wants to be a Brown for life. A couple a couple months ago, like five months ago, he was like, I want to be a Brown for life. I don't care what the fans say. I don't care. My wife got involved. Blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, Baker Mayfield, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, says that he wants out. Trade me. I don't want to be here anymore. And then all of a sudden... Deshaun Watson, his name was getting brought up in conversation, and then Deshaun Watson's agent said he, he that the Browns were out on him, and then the day after, they get they get Deshaun Watson for two hundred thirty million dollar extension and giving up three first rounds, a couple other picks. I, I mean, ridiculous uh, to give away their future. But Deshaun Watson, what did you think about this whole move? I mean, it was one of the craziest things that we've ever dealt with, just because you started out with. You know, like you said, Wednesday, we're out of it. You know, the Browns were told, that's all right, we're going to move forward. And then, you know, you hear Thursday that uh, they had scratched off, an, uh, you know, another team off the list. I think it was Carolina. So now you're down to these two. So, you know, we did shows and, and, and had conversations Thursday and then Friday leading up to the actual breaking news of, all right, what are the Browns going to do, right? Like, let's get prepared for Jimmy Garoppolo. Can we make a run at Derek Carr? Um, actually the, the, you know, the biggest thing was, okay, if Deshaun Watson goes to Atlanta, which everybody thought he was going to, we'll trade for Matt Ryan. And then, um, you know, in the afternoon, I, my producer, literally, he just stands up and he just had this look on his face (laughs) and I was like, what? And he's like, the Browns just traded for Deshaun Watson. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I think just that swing of going from completely out of it to landing him, it wasn't even like hey, the Browns are back in it, right? Or like, <laughs> hey, he's going to meet with them again. It was literally, you went from not having a prayer to he's coming to the Browns. You know, so that was just a complete whirlwind. And there's been a lot of reaction, right? Some people want him on the team, some people don't. Um, I was one that I didn't want him on the team. Um, I said that even when they were entering the discussion to, to, to bring him to the team, I didn't want him on the Browns. Uh, I don't really feel that different today. Um, the only thing that will really potentially change my opinion is is hearing from Deshaun one day about the off-the-field situation and the, and, the, and the allegations against him, and that, you know, won't probably come anytime soon just because he's got so much going on. So, you know, that's one side of it. And then you brought up Baker Mayfield, right? Baker, in a way, could be part of the reason why the Browns doubled down their offer. There's reports that the Browns were told they were out of it and they kept, you know, maybe after it, but that – they also got a vibe from Baker that he was not coming back, right? So there was reports that the Browns sat down with Baker and his representation at the Combine to say, hey, just so you know, we are going to try to go after one of these big quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson. And just so you know, that's what we're going to do. And wherever it led from there, fine. And then maybe Baker and his team got the sense that they were out on Watson and that offended them to the point where they weren't going to come back. 
Browns realize, okay, well, he was our second option, you know, plan B. He doesn't want to play for us anymore. We need to double down on plan A and really go get Deshaun Watson done. And that's where they offer the fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million deal, which has never been seen before in the NFL. Mm. So you said you were one that wasn't an advocate for trading for Deshaun Watson. So are you still worried about a potential suspension risk? And if so, even with the charges dropped that we know right now, how long do you think it could be from the NFL? I would be shocked if he's not suspended. You know, there's precedent of Ben Roethlisberger was technically not criminally charged. Ezekiel Elliott was technically not criminally charged uh, for their off the field. And they both got six games, you know, four, six games. So uh, I, I'm operating that he will get suspended. I think the question is just how long. Is it 10 games because of the amount, you know, 22? Uh, is it the six because that's the precedent of not being charged criminally? You know, and I think a lot of people brought up uh, Calvin Ridley, right? Calvin mm. Ridley bet on a football game, and he's going to miss the entire year coming up. Mm. And you're not going to suspend Deshaun Watson that same length. And I understand a lot of people's take is, well, it's innocent until proven guilty. And technically, he didn't even go to court, right? A grand jury didn't even indict him on these charges. Um, and there's a civil, and I understand that. But I just, I continue to look at it with 22 stories of very similar accusations, I have a feeling that something inappropriate happened. The NFL is doing their own independent research, or I'm sorry, own independent investigation, which is actually continuing on while he's still, you know, being in depositions for the civil lawsuit. So there, there's a lot going on, but uh, I'm operating and I would be shocked uh, if he wasn't suspended because I'm operating on that. He will be. As everybody knows, we are talking to ESPN Cleveland radio shows, Matt Fontana. Now, Matt, we, we talk about Baker Mayfield. And, and listen, I think Baker, for all the stuff that he was dealing with this year, with the hurt shoulder, playing as hard as he did, dealing with the fans, the booze, the chants, his wife protecting him all over social media and trying to protect him. And, I mean, I, I don't think he needs his wife protecting him. I think he's a grown man. We, we all know what Baker Mayfield did over there in Oklahoma, okay? Running around naked all over the, you know, the, the campus over there. So we all know what Baker Mayfield is and his personality. And we see him on all the television shows and television commercials. This guy is a, a superstar face of one of the faces of fo football right now. You look at Baker now and you're, you're wondering, where is he going to play? Is his career over? The, you know, obviously there are teams really trying to rebuild. Matt Ryan goes over there to Indianapolis. A lot of people, people thought that he would be a perfect fit in Indianapolis. Seattle's still looking for a quarterback. They still have DK Metcalf. They, do, they still have uh, Tyler Lockett over there in a decent running game. Where does this guy go? I mean, what, what, where does this player who really threw himself under the bus at the end of the season and then all of a sudden two weeks ago saying that he wants out, where does he go? I don't know. I mean, I really I don't see it because you know, Seattle seems to be the last standing team, right? Carolina said today they're out. Atlanta's good. Indianapolis is good. Washington is good. Um, you know, even if you wanted to send him somewhere to compete with, I don't know, Daniel Jones for the Giants. Well, they signed Tyrod Taylor. They don't need him there anymore. Mm. Um, send him to a team that's kind of like on this, you know, teeter of we could maybe make it or, we, you know, not. Well, that was the Colts. And obviously they're done. You know, they're good. So, I don't see anybody left except Seattle. And I just, I, I know there's reported interest there. I just don't buy that because Seattle's beginning a full on rebuild. You know, no matter how good they get that team, they can't compete in that NFC West anytime soon, you know, which is how stacked the 49ers, Rams, and Cardinals are going to be. So I'm assuming they're going to sit back and go, listen, 
We need a full-on rebuild. In a way, we already got a jump start on this because we have a top 10 pick this year. Uh, might be smart to take a quarterback there. <laughs> but ride it out with Drew Locke. You know, let him play. And then if you do draft a rookie in the first round, eventually that guy will play, right? Because you're going to want to see what they have. This season, you know, make it modest or something. Go 4-13 and 13 or whatever it is. Do you have your quarterback great? If not, there's supposed to be a better quarterback crop next year. But Baker Mayfield doesn't do that for you. Drew Locke does. He's going to probably lose a lot more games than he'll win. <laughs> I think Baker Mayfield could actually be successful yes. in the NFL. So that was you were looking for a team to say, we're going to take a flyer on this guy. We think we can fix him. We think we have an offense that works for him. But I just don't know who that team is. And I don't see a team lining up. And I really think it goes back to a conversation I was actually just having on my show is the fact that really what hurt the Browns was there was a couple really good classes of quarterbacks, you know, with Burrow and Tua and Herbert and even last year's class with Trevor Lawrence. They're not ready to give up on Zach Wilson with the Jets. Mac Jones is certainly doing good. He, they actually wish that one of those guys sucked. I guess maybe, you know, Daniel Jones could have gone back with that. But they wish that there was somebody that, okay, this guy will come in and push Baker, and there's not. Because there's teams with maybe more inexperienced quarterbacks, or but not enough for them to discard them. So really, of the 32 NFL jobs going into the offseason, I wasn't sure how many jobs would actually be available. It turned out that there was probably about, what, eight that actually would be available. Now you're down to two, and Carolina already told them we're good. So I don't, I really, your guys guess is as good as mine. Um, this might have to be the Browns releasing him and eating almost $19 million on the cap. Let me ask you a question about the history of the, by the way, this is my, this is Mark Kelly talking to you. Very, very nice to talk to you over there in Cleveland. Going back, obviously we know the Browns history of quarterback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Tim couch or even like a guy like Jeff Garcia, they brought in for one year. Derek Anderson had 10 wins and then you found out he was, he, he was taking performance enhancing, you know, stuff. Any of these quarterbacks, going back to maybe Brian Seip or obviously Bernie Kosar. So this was a chance to maybe get a career guy, a guy that could make his mark in Cleveland because Cleveland's never really had that quarterback. Going back to Kosar, who we know his popularity in Cleveland and taking him to three championship games. So how much was that a factor, even though we don't know what his uh, status is going to be and if he's going to be suspended to have a guy with 33 touchdowns, seven picks, over 4,800 yards his last season, did that play probably the biggest factor in replacing Mayfield, who had a, a good year last year, but wasn't what they wanted overall from their number one pick? Yeah, I mean, I think the case could be made, and it was it was actually a, my producer and I don't necessarily see eye to eye on this because mm-hmm. my producer feels like Deshaun Watson will be the best quarterback that's ever played for the Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. like outside of Otto Graham, right? Otto Graham, uh-huh. like, oh, I forgot about you him. know seven championships back in the fifties and all that kind of stuff, but he included you know Sipe and Kosar and anybody since the expansion. I wouldn't go quite as far as my producer did on that, but yeah, I mean, without a doubt, Deshaun Watson uh, just on what we expect and what we've seen, he will go down as, or at least taking the field whenever he does. He is probably a top five Browns quarterback. Now, that being said, I also thought Baker Mayfield was a top five to seven Mm. Browns quarterback just for some of the things that he did. Um, But I think like a lot of teams, you look and you, you see this, you know, Matt Stafford trade where the Rams, that was missing piece and they won the Super Bowl, right? You see, these just super talented young quarterbacks all over the AFC. And you have to ask yourself a tough question and go, can we compete with that? Can we win with that? Mm -hmm. Can we win? Can we go up against these guys? And there was some part of the Browns that said no with Baker Mayfield for one reason or another. You know, we've, I've heard things that his relationship did sour 
um, within the building, just as far as uh, coaching front office, things like that, you know, the shoulder injury didn't help anything. Um, him leaking things during the season did not sit well with many people in, in the front office in Cleveland. And by the end of it, it was pretty broken. And that's what happens when things like that, once you kind of divide, there's really no coming back. And that's kind of where Baker's stance was even this off season when there was reports that the Browns might even want to talk to him and bring him back, he said, it's too fractured. It's too broken, you know, which is sad because people expected Baker Mayfield to be the guy, Mm -hmm. you know, he was without a doubt, the most popular player for the Cleveland Browns since they came back in 1999. He's not the best player. Miles Garrett is probably the best player. Mm -hmm. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the NFL. I see a lot of those jerseys. I do, but I see a lot more number six Mayfield jerseys. And, you know, are, are him and forget- Joe Thomas were the two. Are we forgetting about Kelly Holcomb's performance in a 2002 yeah. game against yeah, Pittsburgh? That they, the blew playoffs, a, yeah. that they blew a 10-point lead with about two yeah. minutes left. I mean, what, 400 yards you passed for in that game? Oh, if Couch wouldn't have broken his leg, that's one of the biggest what-ifs in Cleveland. Is if what, what if Tim Couch wouldn't have broken his leg? Because, yeah, Holcomb got the start, and then uh, the next year they had a quarterback competition between the two, and a lot of people said he should have just given it back to Couch, but, yeah, a lot of what-ifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to go to the other trade that happened, the Amari Cooper trade that happened the mm. week before. They only gave up a fifth and a sixth round pick, taking on a pretty big contract, but still getting a, a good, a good consistent wide receiver. Highway robbery. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> from the Cowboys who had to shed all that money. So in addition, they also had to get rid of Jarvis Landry. He was uh, kind of disgruntled with the OBJ thing, so he wanted out of Cleveland. So what do you think about those two transactions, and do you still think they have to go after more receivers, or do you like what they're going in with, with Amari Cooper? No, they definitely need another receiver. You know, the way I think it, it lays out right now, Amari will be your one. There's a younger player, Donovan Peoples-Jones, will be in his third year. Late-round draft pick out of Michigan, but he's a big-bodied kid. He's, he's, I was really impressed with the, the growth that, that he had this year. So there's your two. Really, that's about it, right? You know, so to talk about Amari Cooper, yeah, I think that was obviously a salary cap shed moment or, you know, play Tran Jackson there, but that's what Andrew Barry does. You know, we picked up John Johnson, a really good safety from the Rams last off season. The only reason that he was available and on the market, because the Rams couldn't pay him, you know, so the Browns at one point were in a very good salary cap situation. Cooper ate up a good chunk of that. They are going to restructure that kind of spread it out, but you know, they released JC Treader was a, a center here for five years to save salary cap. They released Austin Hooper, uh, who took some shots on the way out as he joined Tennessee <laughs> and then the Jarvis Landry move. Right. And, you know, with Jarvis, I, people are wondering if he'd come back, you know, there's reports that he was going to go to Atlanta if Deshaun Watson did. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to say I'm reporting this or anything, but I've had some people tell me that, that Jarvis is in communication with the Browns, mm-hmm. you know, and talking to them about maybe a number to come back. He was owed $15 million uh, on the deal that he had. Everybody probably knew that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, they released him. They sent out a very nice statement about it. Uh, he certainly is a beloved player in town and, and in the locker room. So, you know, give him a phone call and say, hey, things have changed maybe a little bit. Would you be willing to come back on an X number or X number deal? And, and we'll see how it goes. And um, But, yeah, I mean, if, if Jarvis did come back, I'd feel fine with that room of Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and, um, and Jarvis. But if they don't get him back, they definitely didn't make a move. People are all over Will Fuller. You know, the connection oh, with Sean Watson, I don't know if I see that. <laughs> the guy can't stay healthy, he can't stay on the field, so I don't really want to buy into that. Um, you know, and then the draft. The Browns still do have their second-round pick, which is 44, so they could look to get a, you know, somehow Jahan Dotson out of Penn State could fall, George Pickens out of Georgia. There's there's some receivers in a, in a pretty good receivers class that might be available for them in the second round. But, yeah, they definitely need one. 
I thought the Mari Cooper trade was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome, and you know, I hope I, ho- I hold out a little bit of hope that maybe Jarvis could return to the that. Amari Cooper, the contract was for, that trade was just highway robbery. When I saw <laughs> they gave up a five and a six for Amari Cooper, probably the best route runner in all of the league. And yeah, the Cowboys I, obviously had problems with Dak Prescott. There were stories sure. coming out uh, Dallas that he wasn't getting along with Dak, and there was something going on in the locker room that just wasn't working out. And C.D. Lamb was becoming the number one over there. Something was going on over there. As everybody knows, we are talking to uh, ESPN Cleveland radio show host Matt Fontana, a friend of the show, awesome guy. Um, before we get into a little baseball, uh, before we let you go, and I'm sure I, I've been hearing that uh, Pittsburgh is lead team to get Baker Mayfield. That what, That is the story coming out in Pitt right now. Mm. And uh, also that they want – listen to Cleveland. Cleveland wants a first-round draft pick for Baker Mayfield, which I, I don't not, believe. They're not getting it. They're no, getting they're it. Not getting I, I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I cannot see anybody giving – them a first-round draft pick for Baker. So, And uh, as far as Jarvis Landry, the teams that I've been hearing, I've been hearing Cleveland still, and Green Bay is the other team yeah. that I've been hearing too, yeah. uh, where he's been talking to the Green Bay Packers as well. Uh, why don't we get into the Cleveland Guardians uh, going into the season uh, in a division that is very up for grabs, okay? This is not a good division. This is one of the worst divisions I've ever seen. And uh, <laughs> we, we all know Chicago White Sox are the best team in the division, uh, but I think Cleveland, with the pitching staff that they have, and and I, I know this Jose Ramirez thing is, is definitely looming. Are they trading him? Are they keeping him? What the heck are they doing with him? Uh, where do you see this team going into the season this year? You know, it's funny you mention it because I, I was looking. They just came out with the over-under win totals for the season. And you're right, the White Sox are like 90, you yeah. know, 91, something like that. But then, like, the Guardians, the Tigers – the Royals were all just like one game separate <laughs> yeah, of like 77, yeah. 76. Like, so they're really outside of the White Sox, the twins, mm-hmm. um, you know, where I think we're second. So they could be in it, you know, you never know. But um, yeah, I think the Jose Ramirez thing was just natural of people, of course, we're going to call, but they have no reason to move him. He's still under two years of control this year and next year for an extreme bargain um on on the deal that he signed a couple of years ago so they're they have no reason to really move him this year his value will still be high next year and they're in a bit of a PR war the Dolans are the owners of the Brown or owners of the Guardians um cousins of the New York Dolans and I wish they had as much money as the New York Dolans but they don't <laughs> and uh, we'll give you some so he doesn't recklessly spend it <laughs> yeah, but at least you know they, at least you got it to spend like they that's trade the thing for the Julius Guardians Randall. have no money and they smartly spend it but they have none they don't have much to spend so I kind of wish they were, I'd like to see what they have when they have a lot of money that they could recklessly spend <laughs> they could sign um, Julius Randall <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah I mean you know at least they're signing because a lot of people are even upset they haven't signed they really didn't sign anybody a couple backup catch this offseason and yeah they were in on jock peterson that didn't happen but um you're right the pitching staff is the name of the game yeah. shane bieber was hurt most of the last year so aaron savali was banged up they missed zach plesak they're one through three those would be their two, three top starters right there and those guys are, would be one two and three on a lot of baseball teams mm-hmm. they're very very good uh cal quantrell will probably be their fourth starter he was a bullpen guy that really shined because they just had so many injuries they had to throw him in the starting rotation he pitched really well They've got a younger guy, Tristan McKenzie, that got some good experience. We'll see if he rounds it out. But the question is, it always will be, will be the lineup. And it is Jose Ramirez. They have Framil Reyes, who's going to be their DH that can match. But, you know, Miles Straw will be your leadoff guy in center field. They acquired him in a trade. He seems to be like a nice piece. But 
there's just a lot of questions at a lot of key positions, and 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 that's it. That's the lineup. That pitching staff's fine. The bullpen will be all right. Class A is pretty good. You know, they got some arms back there, but it, it's going to be the bats. It's going to be what that lineup can do. And knowing that, you know, in a baseball season, you're probably going to miss one of your starters for, for a good chunk of time. It's just how, you know, how baseball goes. So you're going to need somebody else to fill in. But could be the last year for Terry Francona. Mm. You know, he took off the last month plus last year because of, of health-related things. Sounds like he's in a better spot. The Guardians, they always push off the rebuild. They, they never really fully rebuild. They just kind of add a piece here, add a piece there. But uh, I do think this is a rebuilding team. And uh, I, I'm a little worried to see maybe how this season goes. Now, Matt, look, looking at, um, you know, for, number one, is it hard in today, today's politically correct society to call them the Guardians after they've been oh, in all these years? Every show. And, yeah, every show. And last year you saw uh, the Braves at the middle of the year, I thought, made some really key moves. One of them was getting a guy who had over 100 RBIs for the Indians in 2019. He obviously had a great LCS in Rosario. Uh, losing him for the Indians. Uh, and like you said, it seems like they always seem to be stuck in the middle of having a rebuild, but then they'll have a good season. And then when they get there, they blow 3-1 lead to Boston in the, in the 2007 LCS. They blew 2-0 lead to Boston in 99 in the LDS when they got outscored by like 100-1 to in the last three games. And then even a World Series blowing 3-1 lead to the Cubs. They, they're on the cusp always, but they never seem to win. How much of that is still there in the city of Cleveland? Obviously, you have what the Cavaliers did to win, but the Indians are like their baby, uh, going back to you know when they lost in the 54 to the, uh, to the Giants when they won 111 games. How much does this city uh, handle when they don't play well? Are they, uh, are, does it really still sting the 97 loss to the, to the Marlins? I mean, how much is this still a part of we still have to win our baseball team because it's so much How of the we are. about the loss to the Cubs? I mean, that, that's why I said. Yes, yeah. yeah. And going back all the way there, it seems like they, cannot, they can't finish the series. They'll get up 3-1, and then they won't finish the job. Well, and then after that, what happened? They got swept out by the Astros. They got mm-hmm. swept out by the, the Yankees, Yankees, and they haven't they been back. 2-0 against the Yankees, and they couldn't finish yeah. that one, yeah. Or they had the expanded. They made it when they expanded the playoffs out or, and all that kind of stuff after COVID. But, you know, and I think got swept off from there too. So, you know, I think the thing is that they, at that particular point, they caught a lot of lightning in the bottle, right? Because they had guys on controllable contracts, a young Francisco Lindor that didn't cost a lot of money. And, you know, the, the crazy thing, it's funny you guys bring it up because yeah, you know, 2016, you know, was crazy, right? Because we, in June, we're rooting for the Cavs to come back from a three, one deficit. Mm -hmm. And they did. And then we started making T-shirts and stuff in October saying, okay, we were just kidding about the 3-1 stuff because we had the lead 3-1 and we didn't want to blow it, and we did. You know, uh, the rain delay in Game 7, people still believe if that hadn't happened, maybe we would have won. But, you know, but the thing is, the 2017 Indians, Mm -hmm. that was better than that 2016 Mm -hmm. team. They actually invested money. They actually brought some things in. That's the team that probably – upsets people you know 2016 was great right you got a chance you had a look at it didn't happen but they went all in in 2017 and they got swept out of the first round mm-hmm. so that's one that actually might stick with some fans more you know than 2016 but yeah I mean they just that's unfortunately what they have to do is they got to catch this you know just lightning where it's young guys young really good guys on controllable contracts and hope that they all just somehow meet up on the same year, and then maybe they'll spend a little bit of cash on, uh, you know, a free agent. But you know, there's a lot of people that want the Dolans to sell the team. There's reportedly a minority owner that's supposed to come in and get a little influx of cash, but they're not here yet with the Cavs. They're a 
rebuilding resurgence, very good young basketball team right now. You know, the Browns should be a Super Bowl favorite come the season whenever Sean Watson plays. And it's unfortunate because I'm a diehard baseball fan and the Guardians are getting left behind. You know, they had the name change. This would have been the year to maybe get people hyped and psyched and all that, but they're just not there. Last question for me. Do you like the, a lot of the new rules, the universal DH and the shifts and rules like that? So I, I, the DH is, is what it is. I see why, you know, baseball, that's more money for some players. And, you know, I, I know you have your Madison Bumgarners who can hit a little bit. You know, you got your Zach Rankies and stuff. But I don't want to see these pitchers up there just wailing and whacking away. The only thing I'll miss is the, 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 the strategy, right? Like a manager doing the double switch and what are we doing here? So that, that is what it is. Um, you know, I'm a baseball purist, and people would want to say, well, then you should be for the shift. And I didn't like it. I- I'm actually glad they got rid of it. Me and you are um, – that's why I love you, Matt. That's why I love you because I've been – I attack. everybody's been attacking me all over social media because I've been saying, I'm so happy baseball got rid of this shift because it's going to make yeah. baseball more offensive. Right. That's what you want to see, more offensive baseball. They right. want hits. I mean, the players themselves are all for it because they're costing themselves money, yeah, like records, that, yeah. bonuses, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff because – what should have been a hit in the shallow right field yeah, right? is now an out because mm-hmm. they shifted over. And I understand people that are saying, you know, uh, oh, learn to go the other right. way. I mean, if anybody's ever played the game, it's hard enough to try to hit a ball the other way, let alone when the pitcher is purposely trying to not let you do that. Yep. And it's 96 miles an hour and they're snapping off curveballs. So um, I was actually for it. Um, I know some people aren't because they said, oh, it should be, you know, should be allowed to do whatever you want. But I'm glad baseball got rid of that. Uh, it was sad to see it kind of took as long as it did and a lot of the knockout drag out stuff. But I'm glad the season will go on. Uh, I like the Universal DH. I actually like a lot of the rules that they made. The only thing I wish they would have done, which would have helped the Guardians, they didn't, was some sort of salary cap and floor, you know, and force them to spend money. But they didn't do that. So I guess I had to take, uh, I got to take some good, not all good. As everybody knows, we are talking to ESPN Cleveland radio show host Matt Fontana. Matt, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the – I know Speedy reached out to you at the last minute. Mm-hmm. We're really happy that you joined us because you're awesome. We love you coming on. And, and as always, a friend of the show. We'd love to be a friend of your show. I, I listened to your show the other day. You guys yes. are great. You guys know Appreciate what you're it. talking about over there in Cleveland, and we're very happy to have you as a guest again on our show. Anytime, guys. Thanks so much. Tell the fans how they can follow you on social media. Uh, at Matt Fontaine 83, uh, drop me a follow there and you'll get a little bit of sports and a lot of Batman. News, so <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thanks guys. Matt Fontana. Awesome. Awesome guy. And, and obviously Mark, you never got a chance to, you know, work with him or interview with him. He's awesome. Right. Yeah, great. I told you he was awesome. Yep. Great, great guy. Knows his stuff. Cleveland sports. They have the best when it comes to. A radio show is over there. He is really awesome. I listened to his show uh, the other day. Fantastic. And they're very funny. Him and his producer are really, really <laughs> funny. So uh, a really, really good listen. So if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to Matt Fontana, Matt Fontana uh, check out his show. It's really, really good in Cleveland. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to fan-sided, busting bracket site expert, Tristan Freeman, here. On the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. You can call us at 631-672-3108 is the number. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradionetwork.com. And download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android. 
Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We have Mark Everett Kelly in the studios, as always. Uh, he's been a, a friend of the show, a friend of the network. He's been a part of our network. Uh, very happy to have him in the studio. Uh, thank you to Matt Fontana. Thank you to all our guests that come on our show and, and give us the time. Uh, and, and they all tell us they only want to be on for 15, 20 minutes, and they wind up staying on for 40 minutes with us. Right. It's really, really great. I really appreciate all of them. They have fun with us, and, and I, I guess they didn't realize how professional or funny that we could be. So Matt, Matt loves the show. We love Matt, and uh, hopefully very, very soon we'll have Matt on again. But we have a new guest. We haven't had him on our show yet, and why not talk NCAA bracket uh, and, and the myth of the bracket. When I say myth, uh, everybody thinks they're, they're uh, bracketologists. Well, <laughs> uh, boy, oh boy, are they not. But uh, I'll be one of them to say I'm not. We are now talking to fan-sided, busting bracket site expert, Tristan Freeman. What's going on, Tristan? Not much. I appreciate you guys having me on during this little break before Sweet 16 gets underway. Oh, Sweet 16. I'm calling it the Sweet uh, Barf, okay? Because as um, as I am uh, a guy that Very wants Very creative, Errol. Yes, Very I, I, I want to barf for some of the teams that... We knew, we knew Gonzaga was going to be there. We knew Arizona was going to be there. I wanted Baylor to get there because they, the, they were in my Final Four in my championship game against Villanova back-to-back years. But why not? Baylor gets... I, I mean, that was an unbelievable game, by the way. That was a fantastic game. One of the best games, really, so far this year. I, I didn't expect them to come back. It would have been the best comeback in NCAA history, and they fell short against North Carolina. So why don't we go through the bracket? What has stood out to you so far in this tournament? You know, the two conferences that really stumbled in the first weekend had to have been the Big Ten and the SEC. I think people have their questions about the Big Ten coming in. Like, if Purdue and Illinois were sort of the final four favorites, it's not really a strong section. But the SEC really fell apart. I mean, Kentucky losing to St. Peter's is as big a disaster as possible. It was supposed to be Iona or Monmouth that came out of MAC. Instead, it was St. Peter's Cedars with no size, and found a way to just shoot the lights out against them. Then you have Auburn, with arguably the best player in the country, and Jabari Smith just really just struggled. I mean, the guards were always going to be a fatal flaw when you consider that Wendell Moore and Katie Johnson struggles to shoot at times. But seeing you know Jabari and Walker Kessler combined for, what, like 8 of 22 from the game against Miami, who really only has one big, that was just a complete failure on that part. And then Tennessee, I, I thought they had a, an unlucky draw with Michigan. They were a preseason top 10 team. I think if everything went right for them, you could see with their potential. Their resume isn't good, but talent-wise, they showed with Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks. So I, I'm not you know, upset about what happened with Tennessee, but the others just a complete failure. Now you're down with Arkansas, who has arguably the toughest team left to face in Gonzaga. There's a legit chance we won't have any SEC teams left in the Elite Eight. So St. Peter's, where do they rank among Cinderella's that you've seen in college basketball since you've been covering it? Right up there. Or Roberts last year of what they did, but they had two star players uh, that can score 30 a game. So it wasn't a complete shock to see what they did against Ohio State because Kevin O'Banner and Max Aceman are legitimately good. The St. Peter's, their best player is Casey Nadeko, who's a six foot seven strong defensive player, but he's not really a scorer. Their, their elite in score on the season was Daryl Banks, who averaged less than 12 a game. So you really literally did not see that coming for them. Even with, you know, Florida Gulf Coast a few years ago, the other 15 seed that made a run, 
they had the talent. Well, you you saw that they could potentially do something, and their matchups were somewhat favorable against San Diego State and, and the other team they played. But beating Kentucky and then beating Murray State, which right. I, I I personally think Murray State uh, dropped the ball because I think they looked at it as an easy sort of, not as an easy win, but they they knew that the Sweet Sixteen was in their sights and they didn't take it seriously. And they let and they let the Peacocks get too much confidence, and they never allowed them to come back. So they're they're an incredible Cinderella story. You look at their budget, which is I heard someone say it was like ten percent of Calipari's salary. That that's their <laughs> that's their budget, and they they basically had to go fund me their cheerleading squad <laughs> to come to the Sweet Sixteen in Philadelphia. That that's how little resources they have, and for them to do to do this. It's an incredible, it's an incredible story. Murray State was laughing at they were the last team left in Kentucky that they had left out of their own. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Tristan, great to have you on. Uh, you know, being a guy that's down there in SEC territory, I mean, I saw Tennessee uh, struggle beginning of the year, then really pick it up toward the end of the year. Arkansas is, you know, 30% from three-point range for the year. I figured they would be the first ones out losing to Vermont. They're in the Sweet 16. Auburn, when you looked at, at Kessler and William Green at guard, I mean, early on in the year, Auburn was probably – one of the best teams in the country. They're too deep at every position. Uh, Smith's probably going to be the overall no, number one pick. But I love Kessler. I thought he was going to be a player of the year type candidate because he's very athletic, very good at blocking shots. And the way they fell apart uh, in the second half of the year, starting with their almost loss at Georgia, uh, really surprised me. And like everyone else down there, Alabama obviously fell apart. And then you look at um, – you're going into the tournament with Tennessee winning. You figure they would be a team to get to the Sweet 16, even though they got a, a tough draw and they didn't. Uh, the Big 12 is another conference that I think was a little underrated this year when you look at going into the year, but they've had a pretty good season. Um, so with everybody's kind of bracket, you know, maybe falling apart with uh, some of these underdogs winning, who do you see? Uh, do you see like maybe the Virginia-type next-year theory with Gonzaga – where they lost, they were the best team last year, they didn't win, that maybe they'll be the team to beat this year? Or do you see a team like Purdue or Villanova, those guys of the teams left, of the, of the favorites left, who do you like the best? Gonzaga's the best team, but they're in the one region that's still intact. The top four teams in the West region is still there. Arkansas is going to be, it can be a tough matchup for them in some ways. And then you have either Duke or Texas Tech. They, they, beat, they lost to Duke early on, and they beat Texas Tech without Terrence Shannon. So... They, they're going to have two difficult games to get there. If they can get there, I would like them against either Purdue, uh, UCLA, or North Carolina, but it's going to be hard. I think you look at the other teams, Purdue's road is clear to a Final Four. It, it, they'll, they'll have St. Peter's, you know, as good as Nadeko is, Zach Eadie's going to be too much right. for him. Uh, North, Car- really North Carolina, UCLA, neither of them, UCLA is a good defensive team, but It'll, but they've already had their issues before with, with better programs that, that can score. So it, Purdue should get to the Final Four. You look at Arizona, you know, Kirk Reese's health is still a question. He was one for 10 against TCU, almost lost to them. Their matchup with Houston is going to be a problem. Uh, Kansas arguably has the easiest draw left because if they can get past Providence, who some people still consider them, you know, the the, the – the biggest lucky team left, mm-hmm. they'll get either a 10 seed or 11 seed in the Elite Eight. So, you know, if you look at just teams individually, you could argue that whoever gets out of the West could be the favorite to mm-hmm. win it all, while the other one seeds that are left should get there as well as Purdue. So I would still bet on Gonzaga, 
but it's hard to bet them that they have to get out the region first. Did, did, did Kansas getting as far as it? Because I remember seeing them early on in the year, and they just got manhandled by Kentucky. I mean, do, do you think that them getting there uh, and maybe getting out of there would be a surprise to most people? Well, so so in the preseason, they were my pick to win it all because mm-hmm. I figured that Remy Martin was going to be the missing piece with with everyone that was returning. And, you know, Ochai Baji becomes an All-American National Player of the Year candidate, but yet they still didn't get better. And part of that was because Jalen Wilson was in the doghouse most of the year after the DUI arrest and coming off the bench. David McCormick is as inconsistent as it comes. And then Christian Brown, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a great sh- uh, great athlete and can score, but sometimes defensively he lets it go. And Remy Martin's been hurt all year it has it hasn't really you know fit in well with offense until as of late. But I think from a talent standpoint, Kansas probably has the most talent, especially at least in the starting five, to win it all. So I'm personally not surprised that they're in the Sweet 16. I've had them beating Gonzaga in a national title game. If Remy Martin is healthy and and playing consistent, it can give them you know 15 points. They they should be able to get to the title game. But who knows? I think Providence could potentially knock them off. They match up fairly well against them, especially in the front court. It'll be a tough game, but the, the Jayhawks, there should be expectations that they get to the Final Four, especially looking at how the region has turned out. We are talking to fan-sided busting bracket site expert Tristan Freeman. Tristan, Coach K, okay? This was his last year, his last run for an NCAA championship. Uh, you know, going into this Obviously, bracket uh, losing the uh, the ACC was uh, just a complete shocker. Uh, and now going into this bracket, I I knew that I picked them to go into the Sweet Sixteen. I, I did have them uh, obviously facing Texas Tech. This is going to be a very rough game if they get over and they beat Texas Tech. Do you think they could surprise the world, knock off Gonzaga, and get into the Final Four? Uh, absolutely. And it's weird that there seems to be almost a consensus view that Texas Tech is going to beat Duke. Like, I see very few non-Duke fans actually picking over Texas Tech. And maybe there's a question over whether or not these young guys can match up well against the Red Raiders, no middle defense and their physicality. But it was impressive how they were able to get past Izzo Michigan State. That was a game where it looked like the Spartans was going to pull it away. And I think you know, when people talk about pressure in Coach K's final year, this Duke team, it's not Gonzaga, who's, you know, the, the, mid, the mid-major from WCC. It's Duke that's the hunted right now. People want to be the one that ends Coach K's career and send him to retirement. Izzo almost did that. Now you have a chance for Mark Adams in his first year as head coach. What better way to introduce yourself in the college basketball world than getting that on your resume? And there's a very good chance the Red Raiders could do it. If Duke gets past them, they they match up decently against Gonzaga because Paulo Bancaro can, can work with uh, Chet Holmgren. And Mark Williams, he won his matchup with Drew Timmy the first time. And considering that the guards didn't shoot well, you know, Trevor Keels was like 3 of 11. Uh, Jeremy Roach struggled in that game. They absolutely can beat Gonzaga. That's going to be a toss-up game no matter what, but they absolutely can. I think, it, you know, the Texas Tech one is going to come down to whether or not the guards can shoot well. Mm. Because they're, they're not going to let Ben Carey beat them. They're not going to let Mark Williams get in easily. Can Jeremy Roach hit some shots? Can Wendell Moore make enough plays and not turn the ball over against them? If they can do that, then they'll have a great shot because Texas Tech still can't score. They're, they're not a good scoring offense at all. And Duke's defense 
when they want to be can can get stops. Now, uh, you were just saying that Providence is very lucky or they've been uh, very uh, fortunate to be right. where they are. We have a lot of Providence fans that listen to this show, a.k.a. Jeff from Tampa, who is a, a guy that has been pushing Providence over the whole season, and this team is now in a Sweet 16. What are your thoughts about their run so far? Are, are they a team, if they could get over the hump, could if they win this game against Kansas, which quite possibly could happen because Kansas is not something you bet on, could they get through the lead eight and maybe in the Final Four? Uh, oh, absolutely. And, and it was weird because every year we, we always try to pick chalk, but every year, first couple rounds, one or two national title contenders fall out. And this year it happened to be Kentucky and Auburn. And there's always one final four team that comes out of nowhere. That's like a five seed or lower. Mm-hmm. And their region could easily do that. If, if Providence beats Kansas, which I think they absolutely could, because they do match up well if the, with them inside. Iowa State still can't score. Miami can sometimes be lackluster defensively. I would I would have Providence as the favorite over either of those two teams. So if they can somehow get Kansas, it wouldn't be a shock at all if they're that surprise Final Four team this year. Hmm. So you actually were at the Houston. You were actually at the Houston Illinois game, and Houston's looked very dominant so far. I was wrong on them. I thought they would have a little bit of a letdown after last year, but they've looked really dominant. And I personally think they're going to beat Arizona. So what did you see from this Houston team in particular? Even losing Quentin Grimes from last year, that could could force you to maybe have them win that region. Could they beat Arizona and maybe even Villanova if it gets to that point? Yeah, they, I mean, they were pretty much left for dead as soon as uh, Marcus Sasser and Traymar Mark went out for the season. That was 30 points of production that was gone with them. Uh, but, you know, Kyler Edwards, a transfer from Texas Tech, has proved that he can be a lead guy. He was absolutely fantastic against UAB in the round of 64. Tajay Moore came into the season as the fifth guard on the offense, and he was and he was great in the game. He's extremely athletic. He can score with these really good player, and Jamal and Jamal Shedd, the point guard, really gets no attention at all, but he's a consistent five or six assists per game guy. But the front court has really flown under radar. They haven't had a front court the past couple of years. It's sort of been makeshift, just throw pieces together. But this year, UConn transferred Josh Carlton's one of the best defenders in the country. He did an excellent job on Kofi Cobra, made him really work for his 17 and 12 numbers. And then Fabian White, this the fifth-year senior, is a solid defender in the front court as well. Houston, even with the injuries, is probably the most balanced team left in the field. They're outstanding on the rebound, on the offensive boards, great defensive team. And, and if they can continue to shoot as well as they have, they absolutely can beat Arizona, and they would have the, the ability to beat Villanova too. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a Final Four team at all. Well, I, I, I got a trivia question here for you. We're going we're to throw something out at you. Going back to 1985 when seeding began, okay, 32 of the 36 teams to win the national championship have either been a one or two or a three seed. Can you name the four teams that were not to win the championship? I, 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 could, I could not name yeah, That's any. a toughie. I mean, but that, but that just shows you how seeding, how much seeding plays into it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you assume all the winners are one of those top seeds, and that the ones who aren't were either severely underseeded, so you project them as a high seed mm-hmm. or whatever. But I couldn't, I can't even name one. So while 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 underdogs are great, to, you know, it's a great story. Most of them don't wind up winning, 
Uh, most of them don't really even wind up getting to the Final Four. I remember uh, Bo Kimball, uh, when, uh, when Hank Gathers died, and uh, Loyola Marymount, they were a great story. Uh, and in 1990, them getting blown out by UNLV in the, in the Elite Eight, uh, they were a team that everybody thought were the, the, the feel-good pick to make the Final Four. And if they can't win, and they had, you know, Bo Kimball was one of the best players, uh, one of the best scorers in college basketball history. Um, so generally, the, the lower seeds don't win, um, even though it makes a great NCAA tournament and it's great memories and, and great moments. Uh, usually the top seeds win. And um, do, you, do you see any of those teams that are, are not seeded one, two, three? Which one do you think could possibly win the championship that aren't one, a one, two or a three seed? So UCLA is a four seed, but I, I think because that. of their, their preseason ranking of being a top five to ten team, I, I sort of will put them amongst the favorites. But but I think Providence has the best chance because their path wow. to a title game is, I wouldn't say completely easy, but it, it's doable. If they can get past Kansas, get past Miami or Iowa State, get to the Final Four, they have the pieces. And they're one of the oldest teams in the country. They're, they're, Nate Watson is, is a, you know, in a – uh, season filled with a ton of All-American ca- uh, caliber centers. Nate Watson sort of in that second tier, doesn't get a lot of attention, but he's great. And he he gets doubled a lot, so his stats aren't always there, but he but he's a good two-way big. Jared Bynum's a quality point guard. Justin Minaya is one of the biggest impact transfers this season, if nothing else, because he defensively he's raised his team, this team up. So I would not be surprised if Providence makes it all the way there. I, I think because of how they've won their games with a little bit of luck, there's people who won't fully trust them. But I would take lucky winning versus being out. I'll take luck any day as long as you get on the right side of it. And, and by the way, the answer to that question, the four teams, yeah, the 85 Villanova was an eight seed, obviously beating Georgetown, one of the great games ever. You had 88 uh, Danny Manning and the, and the Kansas Jayhawks. They were a six seed. Uh, they beat a, a very good Oklahoma team in the national championship. Then you had the ninety. When you when you mentioned a, a team like Providence being a four seed, the the best four seed ever won the national championship, which was in nineteen ninety seven Arizona with Miles Simon and those guys. Won a lot of money on that, by the way. And then the kid, last, so by the way, the, the last <laughs> the last seed that wasn't a one, two, or three was when a seven and eight played a national championship game, and UConn won in two thousand fourteen. Uh, so the, 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 those are the four answers. Didn't, didn't uh, Arizona beat Kentucky in yep, the championship? Yep, they did. Kentucky which won a year before. I know. Um, in Tubby uh, <laughs> Smith's first year. I, my bracket was dead on, and I was a kid, man. I, was, I won like three grand from high school, man. Well, that I was Patino's last year. My bad. That was Patino's last that year. That was me in 2010. I nailed the – that was the Kyrie Irving-Duke team. I nailed that, and I had West Virginia in the Final Four, and Duke beat West Virginia in the uh, Kyrie Irving-Duke yeah. team. Yeah. Who, by <laughs> the way, he played one game because of his broken damn foot. <laughs> and uh, please give me a break. Where people thought I was crazy picking them over the Kentucky team, the John Wall, the Marcus Kyrie Cousins, Irving, all that Duke team. team. <laughs> give me a break. Um, last question for me, man. And I, I've been watching this bracket, and and, and it's Michigan. Uh, a lot of people, as what they did last year, going all the way to the Final Four, and everybody thought, oh, this year they were going to be. Uh, practically all their players coming back. Uh, obviously, Jawan Howard was like one game away from winning a national championship. And everybody was like, oh, this is the team. This is the team that's, uh, you know, this year is going to go all the way and show show everybody why they're so great. And this year, they've just been a complete, utter disappointment all season long. In the first half, the second half, 
Uh, really, last three games, they played better. They sneaked into the tournament. They surprised everybody beating Tennessee, where a lot of people thought Tennessee could have been the favorites of winning the whole national championship. Matter of fact, it's killed uh, like six or seven of my friends' Final <laughs> Four bracket, which they tell me they want to jump off a damn ledge. Okay? So what are your thoughts to Michigan – uh, obviously, they're going into a hard game against Villanova. I think a lot of people, including yours truly, picks Villanova to win the whole thing this year. What are their chances of beating Villanova, and what is their chances of moving on to the Elite Eight or maybe even the Final Four? So, I actually, in this bracket, I picked Michigan to go to the Elite Eight. I have them beating Villanova. And wow. part of the reason is my concern with Villanova is after losing Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Is Eric Dixon going to be the guy at the five spot that can take on quality big men? You know, for the most part, outside of Nate Watson, the Big East doesn't have a lot of star bigs. And in the non-conference, they struggled against guys like Zach Eady and, and others. So going up against Hunter Dickinson, who was fan, who has been fantastic so far in his first two games and, you know, was the reason why they, they beat Colorado State and Tennessee – I do wonder if Villanova has an answer for him. They they play great pressure defense that will, you know, prevent entry passes. But but I think Eli Brooks in particular, who's had an up and down year, is capable of of, of getting 15 to 20 points. And if they can get anything from Musa Diabate and, and Caleb Houston, their five-star freshman, I would not be surprised at all if, if Michigan can do it. And I've been – Staying on them all season, even though they've been very disappointing, because I had them as preseason number three team in the country uh, behind Kansas and Gonzaga. Their resume has not been good, but when they're on, they're one of the best teams in the country. When they're off, they're not. And I think in the tournament, now that they're completely focused, they should be able to put up a spirit of fight against Villanova. And I am interested to see what they'll do against a true center because EJ Liddell is more of a four and they was able to pull him in check. But what are they going to do against a true center like Dickinson? That'll be interesting to watch. So last question for me of the four low seeds, you mentioned Michigan, you like winning over Villanova, but Miami, Iowa state and North Carolina, the four low seeds left, which has the best chance at the final four and why? I'll say North Carolina, because I, I think they flipped the gear. I think the, the biggest issue with them is that they sort of pick and choose when they want to play hard. You saw them against Coach K's final home game when they really was motivated to do score. You saw it against number one seed Baylor for the most part until Brady Manick got ejected, that they're they're one of the best scoring teams in the country. If they can play enough defense, that, that'll be the question. But in their region, UCLA and Purdue and Purdue's, you know, weak defensive team, they're not going to stop North Carolina from scoring. So the question's going to be can the Tar Heels do enough defensively? to win the games. And I think they can. They only play six guys at the most, but Armando Baycott's going to have his, Caleb Love's going to do his, and if Brady Manning continues to score 25 a game, they can beat just about anybody in the country. Now, when we talk about trios left, that usually can can lead our teams to championship. The only time Michigan won a national championship in the last 30 years is when they had Glenn Rice, Terry Mills, and Loy Vaught in 1989. Is there a better trio right now than Travion Williams, Zach Eady, and Jaden Ivey for Purdue? I don't think so. I think if you wanted to make a case for Nemhart, Timmy, and Holmgren, they may have a little bit of a higher seal, especially when Holmgren can, can hit shots. Uh, but it's hard because the 40 minutes of hell you get at the center position for Purdue, that's, that's difficult for most big men to deal with. Mm-hmm. And Jaden Ivey, 
know, there there's still questions about him. Is he is he playing the wrong position? Is he really a shooting guard that gets the ball too much? But Ivy can give you 25 in any night. I think the question with Purdue isn't those three. It's what the support and cast can do. Can those guys hit enough shots to keep them scoring in 70, 80 range? Because when mm-hmm. they do that, they can win it all. But if they're missing threes and relying on Ivy to do everything, that could cause them trouble. But also they got to the line 46 times uh, on Sunday, which is amazing for an NCAA tournament. So uh, their ability to get the other team in foul trouble is also uh, a thing that maybe – normally isn't in play in some of these games. Yeah, it also helps that Texas is one of the more foul-prone teams in the country because they're very physical. 46 free throws. It's amazing. It's definitely going matchup-based. St. Peter's is probably going to foul a ton. North Carolina or UCLA aren't huge foulers. So Mm -hmm. I think assuming Purdue gets past St. Peter's, that Elite Eight matchup against either of those teams will turn into a jump shot contest. Carl, sorry to give me – PTSD in the comment section of 2019 <laughs> Purdue that decided to blow it against Virginia. <laughs> uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to fan sighting busting bracket site expert Tristan Freeman. Tristan, tell the fans how they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at hoopsnut351, and you can also check out uh, the website Busting Brackets, uh, that and the handle at Busting Brackets for commentary and articles. We have a ton of work coming out in the next couple of days, previewing all Sweet 16 matchups and eventually the Lead 8 and Final Four as well. Well, we're looking forward to getting you back on mm-hmm. uh, as we move forward in the show. Uh, you're, you're obviously very knowledgeable of what you're talking about, uh, I hope. Uh, everybody was listening to that, but I'm sure everybody's bracket is just busted. <laughs> and like I said, it's Pewee. But uh, hopefully, my Duke Blue Devils win the whole thing. I, I don't, I don't count on it. But uh, I, maybe Villanova. I picked Villanova from the beginning to win the whole thing uh, last year, losing against Baylor. I hope they win this year against whoever it is. Uh, I guess uh, whoever. Anyways, uh, thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to getting you on again, my friends. And enjoy covering those games, yeah. too, as Great. well. You're going to get to this weekend. Great job, Tristan. Great having you on. Thank you. I'm glad to come on anytime. Thank you so much. Tristan Freeman, ladies and gentlemen. Great guy. Uh, obviously very knowledgeable of what he's talking about, unlike uh, some people here, including yours truly. Um, I don't watch a lot of college basketball throughout the season. I watched a couple of games. Um, I watched, obviously, a lot of Duke games this year. I watched 10. Uh, I did watch Providence play a couple of times, Indiana, uh, UCLA, USC. I, I watched a couple of games, but I'm not a guy that uh, you're going to just like embed myself all season long, and that's why you get these guys, these brachiologists or, or – these experts when it comes to the NCAA tournament, which uh, obviously uh, Tristan is as good as anybody. So. Do you know Lenardi? Since I worked with him in ESPN, Lenardi specifically hired for that. That's all he does. Yeah. Specifically hired for that time of year. Yeah. They put him in the hotel for about two months, and that's all he does. Jerry Palm, too, at CBS Sports. is very yep. good for that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Brian Snow has returned. Brian, what's going snowman. on? Brian? Jeez. Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? We are good, man. How are you feeling? Yeah, how you I'm feeling, feeling man? Great. Thirteen days and counting before I go into the night, the uh, day of the national championship. As a matter of fact, there you go. Mm. And hopefully, you have something to watch after you uh, succeed through that. Yeah, I am. Ca- I am counting on something to watch. There you go. I'm counting on. So- I'm counting on a, a great championship game. And Errol, did I hear you right? You picked Villanova. Yes, I did. That was a mistake. 
<laughs> You're still trusting of Arizona after they barely survived a TCU and probably should have lost. That was I'll a mistake. Arizona before I trust Villanova, even though Arizona's lacking in the one position Villanova has, which is courted, which of course is the pivot. Hold on one second, but my for friend. For some reason, I will trust. I will trust Arizona. Well, now, will they get there after this weekend? Who knows? Because mm. my national championship game was Arizona and Gonzaga. And that's I had everybody's national championship game is Arizona no, that's and Gonzaga. My, that's, that's my national championship. Everybody <laughs> well, was picking Baylor. Just so everyone was copying uh, you, Brian. Just, yeah. so, just so you know, bud. That that Villanova won two championships in the last five years. Yeah, so the, to sit here and that. say to say this that. that it's crazy to think that Villanova can't go there and win it again is is not crazy. I'm not. I, look, I, I can't deny. I can't deny Villanova. They won in sixteen and they won in eighteen. Um, I was it eighteen that was in San Antonio. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I think it was 2018 where they were in San Antonio. Um, 2006, you know what? That brings to mind a very good point that I could bring up tomorrow. I have to look this up in the morning. I think both national championships that Villanova won in the 2000s, I believe they were both in Texas, one in Houston and one in San Antonio. I could be totally off with that. Mm. But I, I, I think both the championships they won were in Texas. Well, I, I, can't doubt, I can't doubt Villanova because of that pedigree alone. I just can't. <laughs> I like I like Jay Wright, so <laughs> I like Jay Wright. I I like Villanova, and I I, I always root on Villanova. Obviously, they're from Philadelphia, and uh, I lo- obviously everybody knows I'm a Duke fan. But uh, I'm not going to pick Duke to win the whole thing because I didn't trust them after getting knocked out in the ACC championship. I, I going yeah. into this tournament, I just I don't think they have enough size, and I don't think they play good enough defense in the fourth quarter. Well, in the second half, I would say fourth quarter. Second half, where uh, I think they're going to win. The, the yeah. next game is going to be their biggest test. Texas Tech does not have a player in their starting lineup under six foot six. I'm, I'm, I'm I know I'm going to date myself here, but you know who pissed me off the most about Villanova back in the day? Mm-hmm. Ed Pinkney. Raleigh, Raleigh Massimino? Raleigh Massimino. Yes, the Raleigh Massimino crew. Ed Pickney. Who found some way to shoot 78% yeah. from the field in the 85 championship game. That, of course, came against Georgetown. Brian, did you know the answer to that question, by the way, with the four teams that weren't top three seeds and won the, the championship? Say it again? There were four, four seeds that were not top three seeds to win national championships since CD began in 85. Four seeds? Since the season began in '85, no one was Villanova. Right, obviously. Um, uh, I should know. I should know the other three, but I'm full of my my meds right now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of tough. I, I wish guess. I was feeling the same way you were feeling. <laughs> but maybe Brian's an historian too, so I figured you might know. I, look, I I have a medical reason I'm a little disoriented right now. The only one I can come up with, I have I have a medical reason why I'm very disoriented right now. But the only one I can come up with, um, the only one I can come up with is Villanova in '85. I'm I'm rolling through the I'm rolling through the Final Fours right now. Roll it off your lips, Villanova, because that's what you're going to see in the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, Errol, I got one for you. What if Villanova meets Arizona? Okay. 
If if they beat if they meet Arizona, they'll beat Arizona. Uh, you have a defense and uh, Villanova. Hey, look, Villanova. You make a food bet on that one? Yeah, why not? I'll I'll buy I'll, I'll you take make it. A food? Yeah, why not? You want to make a food bet well, on why that one? Not? If Villanova plays, <laughs> if Villanova beat it plays Arizona in the Elite Eight, which could happen, I yeah, I I will I will I will bet you. Okay, how's that? Okay, I will cool. bet. You. I, and I want to say a food bet right now because I'm not fully back on my feet yet, but mm-hmm. I feel like challenging the great Arrow Mark. There you go. Food bet. There you so go. I, I like that. I, I like that. To me, um, it's a great I bet. I can only have the one. I can only answer the one part of the trivia question, which is Villanova in '85, and I believe they were a ten or eleven seed. They were eight seed. They were an eight the seed. Yeah. Well, then they you had okay. you had Kansas in '88. They were six. Why didn't I think of, why didn't I think of Kansas? 50th anniversary, Kemper Arena. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Kansas is two. Who are the others? Arizona in 97. They were four. Arizona. Well, doggone it. <laughs> and Arizona knocked out. And there's a caveat to Arizona. They knocked out three number one seeds to win it all, all right. in Indianapolis. Yep. And then you had um, 2014 UConn. 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 I should, I should. Wait a minute. That boy sounds familiar. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Mark. Of course. Wait, wait, of course. Wait, who am I talking to? <laughs> who am I talking to? With, the only thing I can pick on with Mark is that his voice got a little deeper now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it happens when you scream those, those when you scream at kids all day. Yeah. Carl, this yeah, voice true. sounds familiar. How do you like that one? I'm I'm of such a legend that my voice sounds familiar. But <laughs> Carl says uh, Purdue never actually made the New- Final Four. Will they actually hear, get there? I hear the New York coming out of you, Mark. How have you been, my uh, man? All right, man. It's good to hear from you, Brian. Oh, good to hear from you too, buddy. Good to hear from you too. Carl says, "So it's eighty-five with Villanova, eighty-eight with Kansas, ninety-seven with Arizona, yeah. and fourteen with Connecticut." Yep, that's it. Carl says, Purdue right. never actually made a Final Four. Will this be the year they actually get there? The last time they did was 1980, no. for crying out loud, with Joe Barry Carroll, oh. wasn't it? Yeah, this should have been three years ago, but they decided to blow a five-point lead with 15 seconds to go to freaking Virginia. Thanks. Uh, Horsler, watch out for yeah. the be- be- bearded silk shooter gets hot. Jeff says, judging how much Errol is right, Villanova is going all the way with the roll of guys emotions. By the way, Carl 2018 says, was in Boston. It wasn't in, wasn't in Texas. I would love to see Villanova take on Arizona in the Elite Eight. So do I. They got to get through Houston I first, and they make, look really good, I too. Make, yeah, Houston's a tough cookie. Houston's going to be a tough out. Mm-hmm. Carl says John Shire for president. And did you guys know Speedy oh, was God, still had John eligibility was, and was hitting threes for St. Peter's? I will say that, well, Carl. It does look like it did well, look like me in high school a little bit. Bullet. He's the only one that has a head full of hair. Of course, his eligibility is still oh, oh, No, that's not true. Hold no, on a second. Carl's saying Come that because some wait, of their wait, players look like I was that, in high school. Let me so. take that back and reverse it. I'm the only one of us without hair. There you so go. I'm there you the go. one that's out of I, I, got more, go. I got more hair than Speedy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I just wear I a hat all the time. <laughs> I hadn't picked on... I hadn't picked on Speedy in a while, so mm-hmm. I had to mess with him. Well, he finally well, looks good. He has well, a haircut. Well, well, Carl, you're not you're you're actually not that far off in terms of in terms of the uh, St. Peter's best players because a lot of them look like I did in high school. Mm-hmm. So not right. crazy on that one. But I've only I only made two three pointers in that uh, th- that entire rec league that I played in. 
Yeah, you ever have a school during the tournament that just gives you the funny that? How did they say it in the Bugs Bunny cartoon? A funny feeling comes over you. Mm. Well, well, twice St. Peter's has done that to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that my bracket's busted. My bracket's blasted. <laughs> I, I had Kentucky as my champ, and USC as my Final Four sleeper, and I lost them both in two days. <laughs> and now Miami, 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 another t- Miami, another team that looks really good too. I actually really think they could go to the Final Four By too the way, now and be that sleeper. I want to give a shout out you to West USC in your Final Four. Yeah, I I was toying with a couple different sleepers. They're all out anyway. I also. What in the- world were you thinking? Depth, I had, offensive depth and uh, yeah. experience. I had USC in my Elite sweet, Eight, you said. My Elite Eight. Yeah. And then I got knocked out in Elite Eight. Okay. By Kansas. Yeah, you okay. got knocked out yeah. by Kansas. Yeah. Um, but you want, want to know something? If, if you really look at it, and by the way, shout out to World Wide West, uh, who he called Miami to win that. Was that was a brilliant Miami pick. Uh, and, and he said yeah, that they weren't just going to win, they were going to beat them. Like, beat them by... A, a, a huge margin. They he look was right. really good right now in all phases of the yeah. game. So he was. I'm right not kidding. That. I really think they could go to the final four because Providence looked good against the, in their first their second game, but didn't look great in their first game. Kansas didn't look great defensively against Creighton. Iowa State really hasn't played anybody great yet. Wisconsin's a good seeded team, but they're very one dimensional, and those games have been kind of ugly so far. So Miami's really played the performance wise the best. So I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if they go to the yeah. final four. The last time. I talked uh, NCAA brackets. Um, I'm going to try to have Scoop Miller on my program in the morning. The one number one seed I don't trust and will not trust until they show me different is Kansas. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's yeah, a you lot mentioned, of people. You mentioned that in the, uh, the last time we had you on the show. I actually had the Creighton yep. upset, and it almost happened. But, yeah, Providence no. is definitely a team that could beat them uh, because they still have the – depth on that team and the size against a more yeah, guard-oriented Prov- Kansas. Providence can pick them apart. Jeff, I, really Jeff, I just said apart. they could beat Kansas. What do you mean I'm bad enough to front? <laughs> they still struggled a little bit against South Dakota State in the first round. That, that's all I said. I said Miami was the most dominant team of the, the four teams left in that region. I, it's not a shot at Providence. Right. Why don't we have a triple threat match? You, Jeff... And Tyler Harrison. What okay, do you well, think I'll about be that? Out, I'll be out instantly. It's just a matter of hosting. <laughs> They'll sandwich I'll you. On the headset and call. I'll put on the headset and call. That's <laughs> it won't be a very long fight, Brian. I'll get knocked out unconscious, and then Jeff will have a, a, a aggressive like beast attack towards Tyler. Maybe you can double team on Jeff. This is why I said. I'll still get knocked out. It won't matter. I will put on the headset. And I will be out of the way. I, I know where my I know where my my spot is. Brian, I will I will gladly way. join as your uh, corpsal commentator after that. <laughs> you could go and take like a chair and beat Jeff on the head. You know, it'll be a wrestling. No, match. I'm not. Bo- uh, no, that's Bobby Knight. <laughs> look, I I had the ple- I I had the pleasure of meeting some college coaches throughout my career, including. Uh, Roy Williams, Mike Krzyzewski, Tom Izzo. Um, I had one year I covered the uh, uh, Big Ten tip-off luncheon when it was in Evanston, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Had a Rosemont, Illinois. I beg your pardon, not Evanston, Rosemont. Had a ball doing it. I had a hard time. I had a hard time getting home because I ate too doggone much. Uh But (laughs) Jeff, well, when they. When they when they open the doors and they treat the media and, and they treat the media, and at this time I was not shoveling cups of coffee down my throat. But, mm. 
came close the following year. But it was fun. It, it's fun. This part of the year is, like, really fun for me because you get to see who's out there, who isn't out there, who can make a surprise, hello, St. Peter's. Yes. And, and you can just have fun. You can just ha- have so much fun with it. Next year on my show, I plan to host a bracket tournament. Hmm. Interesting. Jeff, again, I am not bad-mouthing Providence in comparison to the other teams. All I said was Miami looked more All dominant right. Triple threat they match. could do that kind Triple of Triple threat match. Yes, I know they held them to 60 points, a great offense. They were also – South Dakota State's also a horrible defense, though, too. So it's not like they dominated the way a 13-4 matchup would normally go. So in comparison to Miami is all I said. Errol just called for a triple threat match, <laughs> and I already know where I'm going to be. I'm I'm not going to be down the ramp. I'm going to be up the ramp in a headset <laughs> with no problem. I'll be the referee, so maybe I could come in and cheat. <laughs> see, why, see, you can go ahead and be you can go ahead and be the referee. You go be you can go ahead and be the referee. See, I, I'm just not going to be shouting cues into your head into your earpiece like other like other folks do. I'm going to let this play out the way it needs to play out. <laughs> Just give me a headset, my Speedy table. Tyler versus Jeff. <laughs> Again, I'd be out in a second, so it's really Jeff versus Tyler. But uh, uh, Actually, uh, Brian, Carl actually has a, has a message for you. Uh, Rosemont Horizon, old school home of the DePaul Blue, De- Blue right. Demons. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I would, I've been in that place before they named it Allstate Arena and after they moved out of Allstate Arena. So that's where they had WrestleMania 2, I believe, in one of the three venues yeah, they had WrestleMania, WrestleMania 2. 2. Rosemont Horizon. The LA Sports Rosemont Arena and the National Coliseum were the three arenas. Yep. Yep, it was split between three different places. <laughs> Jeff says just, no triple threat. Tri- Jeff says no triple threat. I respect Speedy, unlike the other clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm just going to get knocked out on the sheer collision of their aggressiveness, and then Jeff will just uh, make beastly moves towards Tyler. Listen, I already called my safe place. We know. I I, I called mine as the guy that's going to get knocked out, and I'm becoming your corpseal commentator. It's going to be full weekend. It's going to be full weekend at Bernie's. There you go. There you go. Speedy will just fall (laughs) over and play dead, pretty much. Well, I'll get knocked out, so I'll be unconscious as it is. Somebody will bring me over right next to Brian. To just stick a headset on me, and uh, I'll, I'll fake commentating, or I'll try to unconsciously. Are you? The, are you? Are they going to have to roll you up, Speedy? Are they going to have to roll you up the aisle? Maybe. I don't <laughs> know. You, I, I don't know how I'll be unconscious. You, you know, ever, I don't know. Did you ever see the, uh, the WWE moment where our truth knocked himself out? <laughs> when he had to face was it yeah. Undertaker <laughs> and he stood there oh, no no what was it it was Lesnar Brock Lesnar and then he puts himself in the face I, I, did, I could see Speedy doing that. that by the way I could see himself knocking himself out uh, that was hysterical uh, I see that yep <laughs> I could see him doing it you know swinging at Tyler or swinging at Jeff Jeff ducks and he hits himself in the, uh, the face or the scenario you proposed earlier where I they go after each other and I get stuck in a sandwich of them so. oh that would be stuck funny. in a sandwich yes I'm sure you would enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I would enjoy it. I, I would turn into Jim Ross if that ever happened. In a heartbeat. I turn into Jim Ross. Jim if Ross or Jeff Ross. I'm a, and I'll be Jerry. I'm a triple threat. I have a triple play piece of trivia for March. You mentioned Arizona in 1997, and we both said they knocked out three number one seeds to get to the national championship. 
who were those three number one seeds? Well, Kansas was the number one, but they didn't have the best That's record one. that one. Uh, obviously, um, they beat, when they beat Kentucky in the national championship game, right? That's two. Um, and then, uh, let's see, in you know, Final Four in 97, um, the other team, geez, uh, was that North Carolina? Was the other one? Got them all. Yep. Got them all. Look at you. Got them all. It's hard being this smart. Well, look at that. It's hard being that smart. Look at that. That, made, that national championship game. Right, that was luck. I was lucky. Told some, not only told some people I knew what I was talking about because I picked Arizona that year on a total whim, but I must admit it also made me some money. But that, that was the first Roy Williams like team that was really supposed to be uh, favored to win the national championship that lost the Sweet 16. I remember yeah. how shocked everyone was when they lost the Sweet 16. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then the next year, Kentucky yep. won with Tubby Smith um, when, they, mm-hmm. when they had a great comeback against Duke in the Elite Eight. No, don't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> in St. Petersburg, uh, if I remember Yeah, right. please. I, I don't I, want to remember I don't, that I don't remember where these games were, but you're right. In 2018, it I was remember. it was in, it was in uh, San Antonio. 2016, it was in Houston. So you were right about that, Brian. So. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I was yeah. so happy about yeah. that. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Anyways, Brian, I hope you're feeling better. Yeah, me too, Brian. Um, and we'll talk to you Thank soon, you. bud. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. I love y'all. I will call in soon. Absolutely. Too, one, Brian. And, uh, you'll yeah, definitely be the analyst and announcer of that <laughs> triple threat match. There you go. Uh, so, by the way, uh, Jeff uh, says that he wouldn't want, to, want you involved with the fight, but I, I still think it would be really, really funny. <laughs> Carl says, wow, Mark, hard being that smart. Look out when Jeff calls back, <laughs> which will probably be any second now. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyways, I, I do want to finish up with football. And uh, uh, over 72 hours, 48 hours, uh, you know, obviously the Indianapolis Colts made a move. And uh, they they were looking for a quarterback, obviously trading away Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz goes to uh, the uh, Washington Commanders, which is one of the worst Commandos. names. Yeah. The commies. That's what me and uh, Gerhard was saying. Yeah, I saw those memes commies. too. Yeah. <laughs> One of the worst names ever created, by the way. But uh, I, I think it's a good move by, um, obviously, Washington. But uh, Matt Ryan heads over there to Indianapolis. and I, Do I think this is a good move for them? Absolutely. They're ready to win now. And, and I think Matt Ryan still has the capabilities of bringing a team to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. Uh, smart quarterback, still has a you know, still understands the game as well as he does in a Frank Wright offense with a running offense with Taylor behind the uh, the line of scrimmage that can run the ball as as good as anybody in the league, uh, and even some of the weapons that they have. Uh, Michael Pittman it really uh, broke out this year as one of the best, more one of the younger top end wide receivers in the league. Uh, I mean, Speedy, uh, you look at Matt Ryan, this is a perfect fit. I, 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 if there was anywhere Matt Ryan was going to go was Indianapolis because I thought Frank Wright and him would be, you know, the place or even Kyle Shanahan and maybe, maybe right. San Francisco. But this was a great, great move by Indianapolis. Yeah, Matt Ryan's always been that quarterback throughout his career that he's had mostly – good or great years, but he's had some bad years mixed up in between. So the Colts were able to get him for just a third-round pick. Now, the salary cap hit, which also presents the Falcons $40 million in dead cap, 
definitely hurts. But we knew the Colts were going to make that kind of splash. They wouldn't have traded Carson Wentz if they didn't have somebody else in mind with that kind of money. Because the Colts had a lot of money before the Wentz thing, and they shed $28 million after that. So they made $69 million in cap. So they were able to take that kind of thing on. Last year was a bit of a down year, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. But really, Kyle Pitts and, like we were saying earlier, Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson were really his only offensive weapons. Calvin Ridley only played three games. The other secondary receivers really didn't do well. They had very little running game, probably besides Patterson. And that was really only... They didn't in... protect him either. Well, yeah. Really? And their offensive line is below average. It, they've drafted a lot early, but it's still below average as a whole. And for a guy that's not mobile, that, that doesn't help in today's game. Now, the year before that, 2020, he had a nice year. 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions on 45-81. Again, not his peak year, but still very good. Uh, and I, that's the kind of thing you can trust out of Matt Ryan kind of year to year. 2016 was his MVP year. Then he was a little down. Then he was back up in 2018. So the Colts might be getting him on that, according to that pattern, on that kind of year to make that kind of thing work. Now, it's a different type of offense than what he's used to in Atlanta. He's always had, always had good receiving talent in Atlanta, where the Colts have Pittman, but their depth after that is not great. But the Falcons, I don't think, ever had a running back like Jonathan Taylor skill-wise. Devontae Freeman had those two years, but that was really it. Michael Turner had a couple, but that was really it. Jonathan Taylor was the best running back performance-wise in football last year. And Naeem Hines is not a bad pass-catching back either. I, I think also, when you look at Indianapolis, I don't think they're done. I think in the draft, they'll probably draft a wide receiver. Uh, going into the draft. And and like we said, Jeff says this is a, a, a six-man draft when it comes to wide receivers. And he believes five or six will be drafted in the first round. I, I don't think five or six. I could see four being drafted. And some of them might fall out and, right. and be in the beginning of the second round. So maybe the Colts move up. Maybe want to trade with the Jets where they, they're going to have to give up a significant amount to move up in that position. But the, the Jets, who have two second-round draft picks there, uh, another who's the other team that has two second-round draft picks going into this uh, draft? Seattle, now that they traded for the uh, Russell Wilson with that. Seattle, too. So maybe maybe the Colts trade up with Seattle to land somebody like, uh, you know, one of these wide receivers that fall into the second round. But I guess the Texans do now, too, with the Deshaun Watson trade. Right. So, I mean, I, I, look, at, I look at Indianapolis. They were a championship team. This year, okay? I, I really do. I, I thought that if the Indianapolis Colts made the playoffs this year, they would have caused a lot of problems for a lot of teams. Especially, so too. especially with Taylor's running game and the way they play defense. They could so get too. to the quarterback. Uh, I thought that this team was uh, absolutely made for the playoffs. Now, Carson Wentz in the second half of the season really fell off. After that uh, Thursday night game when they beat the Patriots. I think it was a Thursday or a Saturday. Well, he didn't game. do much in that game. It was game. a Saturday night It was game. the Arizona game he did a lot in, and that, that was no, a Saturday No, but he game. made plays in that game that won them the game. And the Jet game, too. I, I mean, he, oh, yeah. he made I mean, that, plays. That was hard. When, he, made, he made plays in that game that really showed up. And, and I, I even, you know, in the fourth quarter against the Patriots, he threw, threw the ball pretty well. He made some pretty timely passes in that game that helped them win the game. Now, Carson Wentz in the the last three, four games of the season really cost, I think, Indianapolis a chance to even make the playoffs. They were going into the the final game of the season. Uh, A lot of things had to fall their way for them to make the playoffs. It just didn't happen. It's because they lost the Raiders. Raiders and and the Jaguars (laughs) last two weeks. They, They were in a position to make it. 
It's just that those two, those two lost. They played well against Jaguars. the Raiders too. It's just the defense didn't. They lost in a high-scoring game. I think it was on a game-winning field goal. But like if they would have beaten the, they would have like the Jaguars. They would have made it. Well, made yeah, the playoffs. Right. yeah. So yeah. I mean, that that's like unforgivable to lose that that game. I think when when you think of Indianapolis and 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 who they are as an organization, bringing in a Matt Ryan, a, a very classy, very respectable quarterback in the NFL. A lot of people respect him. Hall of Famer. He will be a Hall of Famer. I think a guy like that, you bring him to a team that needs leadership. And let's be honest, Carson Wentz was not a leader in that locker room. I watched Hard Knocks. Um, if, if anybody didn't watch, that was the first hard knocks in the regular season they had. Uh, they followed the Indianapolis Colts. There was something going on in that locker room that just didn't make any sense. And I didn't know it was Carson Wentz really until the end of the season when people were saying that he was a cancer in the locker room. He was a cancer in the locker room when he was over there in Philadelphia. That's why Peterson got fired. And then what happened after that a year after? Carson Wentz gets traded. So uh, it, maybe Doug Peterson is still there in Philadelphia if Carlson once wasn't the quarterback of that team or the quarterback that they drafted a few years ago. So I, I don't know what's going on with Carlson Wentz. Maybe him going to Washington uh, with a, a veteran coach, very well respected, and Ron Rivera. Maybe he can change the outlook of what this quarterback could be. But I think Matt Ryan was a perfect fit for them. I know everybody was talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and then Baker Mayfield's name was popping up. I didn't think Baker Mayfield was going there. I really didn't. Uh, I think, and right now, the only place I think Baker is going is Pittsburgh. Now, they did bring in Mitchell Chabinski. Uh, Mitch is going to be first, you know, first dibs at that spot. I, I think Pittsburgh decided to give Mitch the opportunity to win that spot as the number one quarterback. So if Baker gets traded there, Baker's going to be number two until he proves that he can be number one. And if Mitch somehow even shows a little bit of force in the, you know, in OTAs or in the preseason, it's his job to lose, not Baker Mayfield. And Baker really threw himself under the bus. Him forcing himself out of the Browns. I understand he wasn't happy when the Deshaun Watson story was coming out and that Deshaun was the guy that they were going after. He knew it. You heard what Matt Fontana said. They went up to Baker and his team, his agent, at, at the Combine and said, we're going after one of these top quarterbacks. So it wasn't a surprise to Baker. And why after the con- why did it take him so long to say that he wanted to be trading? Because at the time, at the Combine, he never forced himself on the way out. So a lot of these stories just don't make any sense. And where Baker goes, could this ruin his career? Could this be the end of Baker Mayfield? I think he's too popular of a player for him to not get another opportunity. But I don't know if he's going to get a number one job for, unless somebody – and if I was Baker, I would sit out for half the season or a quarter of the season, wait until somebody gets hurt, and then there'll be teams lining up for you. And I think that's where you go. And I, I don't know what uh, the Browns are going to do, but they're going to have to waive him because he's too expensive on their, their cap, and they need to sign their rookies um, at, you know, at the draft. So Baker might be waived, and if I was Baker, I'd sit out – for at least the end of preseason, and then you decide where you want to go with you and your agent. The Browns right now have $20 million in cap currently, so if they were to wait Baker, that probably is at least half, maybe more, of the, what would be a dead cap hit. 
as it is. So, yeah, they're definitely going to have to try to way to move that contract to make that kind of thing work. Now, with the Steelers, they're probably the favorites right now. But yes. in division, it's still going to be very hard for them to do. They're going to be stingier, especially Andrew Barry, who's been a— They're not getting a first-round pick. I don't think they're going to get a first-round pick round. either. Maybe a second-round pick. I could definitely Second see. and a fifth. But they might—again, they might even make it harder on the Steelers than they would on every other second team. Second and a fourth, like uh, Sam Darnold. I think you give second and a fourth. He's better than Sam. I, I make that trade. I, I absolutely do because hey, listen, he he he's definitely a guy that you would take a flyer on, and sure. Baker still could play this game. And I he is one of the faces of football right now. How many commercials was he in all season long? I I mean he's very he's very well respected. What is that? Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. Uh, so, Mark, thank you for joining us. Yes, and, Mark, uh, great to see you again. Yeah, so hopefully we see you Thursday. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back Thursday. Awesome, alrighty. Awesome. My brother. Awesome, welcome, welcome back to New York, Mark. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, I, as soon as I got off the plane, I saw all of the construction still at LaGuardia. I'm like, I'm home. <laughs> I'm home. It's been going on since birth, the construction at LaGuardia. It's horrible. It never stops. Man. Never stops. I had to load a bag like all across three terminals, then take a bus to get to a rental car. It's, it's absolutely horrible. Lovely. I, 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 the one thing I can't stand is the flights and, and LaGuardia to John LaGuardia F. Kennedy or yeah. even MacArthur, which is so damn expensive. Yep. And then you have to go from one plane to another, I mean, to, to another, to get to where you want to go. I can't stand McCarthy either. Yep. But thank you, uh, Mark. Yep. For joining us, we'll see you Thursday. Yep. So, Thanks for having me again, absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Pleasure. And I love talking about all the stuff we did today. Absolutely, yes. man. We did too. God bless, guys. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's interesting when, when we go back and we look at um, – all these quarterbacks that uh, fell, you know, into a lot of these teams' hands. And I, I know Jeff said, not a chance in hell he goes to a divisional team. I beg to differ. If you can get a second and a fourth for uh, a Baker Mayfield, you make that trade. Because you're, you're, what, are you going to sit and hold on to him? Are you going to waive him and then Pittsburgh gets him for nothing? Because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, they might be stingier with the Steelers just because of that factor. But You're not getting a first. But so what the, mar- the market is shrinking where it's going to be harder for that kind of thing to be moved. And there's the question of the surgery. There's the question of the shoulder, how it will come back. Yes, I know it's his non-throwing shoulder. But still, it's something. You you want to have some level of mobility and rotation on your arm to be able to make some tougher throws. Now, Baker Mayfield is not one throughout his career that usually has been known to make tougher throws as it is. But yeah. definitely those even on that non-throwing shoulder, still can make it harder as it is to get a full rotation on that ball. Now, Amari Cooper bringing him in could help out as a route runner when it comes to making making it easier for him to get those throws in there. But still, you still have to make those throws, and that's what's going to make it very difficult. And I think the market now, with the Colts being the favorites for Baker Mayfield when after the Watson trade happened, now getting Matt Ryan definitely shrinks it a lot it's more. Done. The Saints, the no Saints way. also already brought back Jameis Winston. Unless so. they bring it, unless they bring in Baker Mayfield to be the backup, and then next year Matt Ryan's only there for a year. He's he retires, or they trade him, or they let him go at the end because he has one year left on his contract. Matt yep. Ryan, that's right. So they could just say, you know what, Matt. We're, we're parting ways, and Baker's our future quarterback of the future. Sure. So they could do that. I mean, Indianapolis can still, still make the move. How about this? Now, I don't know if this will happen. San Francisco, obviously, um, they, they drafted a quarterback last year. Maybe bringing in Baker, in, but then where's Jimmy go? Right. You know? Maybe the Saints? Uh, Maybe Baker? They, yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston. The Saints actually time. did actually make up a lot of money. They're finally in the positive salary cap. They brought back Jameis Winston in, too, for a $14 million a year contract. So we'll see. But maybe, yeah, that's an interesting scenario, too. If Baker goes to the 49ers, could they maybe comfortably trade Jimmy G to the Steelers is another question. Uh, Jeff has returned. <laughs> Jeff, what's going on? 
Yeah, there's two other places Baker Mayfield can go. I don't Miami? see him going in division. You can either make a deal with the Seahawks or the Panthers. How about Miami? I mean, Tua, there's no short well, thing Tua with Tua. Does suck. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking. I, I mean, if you think of Miami and Tua just he can't stay healthy. Uh, Baker Mayfield to Miami, I think he would be a perfect fit over there. Uh, his mouth, I mean, over there in the city of Miami, he'd be a, a super superstar over there uh, with what he does. But that's not going to happen either because not only do they have two of but Miami made their choice. They also signed Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, and I, I, I forgot that. They they did get Teddy Bridgewater. But Teddy, there so was you're some... not going to bring Baker in to have that long right. jam there either. Right. Maybe the Saints. I mean, they have Taysom Hill. Maybe they dropped They just Jason. re-signed Jameis Winston. But though, they so... just re-signed Jameis yeah. Winston, yeah. But Jameis so didn't stay healthy last really... year, you know. But it's really down to the Seahawks and the Panthers that have a need now. And I... For me, it's got to be the Seahawks because I don't see the Panthers paying more draft picks for a broken human being. Huh. <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, the well, 2018 draft full circle. Well, here's also here's also a thing. They gave up their second and fourth this year for Sam Darnold. Right. So <laughs> the Jets are going to have a ball with those two picks because they're high picks. And right, Sam and that's Darnold, why yeah. I don't see the Panthers doing yeah, it. They already right. just gave up picks, some pretty good picks for – for Darnold, they can't make that mistake again, can they? No. No, I, I just think it'd be funny for the irony of it. Might as well add Josh Rosen to the practice squad while you're at it. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And, and I feel bad for Baker. I really, really do feel bad for him because I think the Browns really threw him a bone. And he, he, he ran himself out of there, but they, they practically said, you know what, we don't want you here anymore. And the fans have been booing you off the field. I, I I feel bad for him. I, I as 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 popular as a player he is over there in Cleveland, I, I just the way they just really threw him to the dogs. I you you have to feel for a guy like that, uh, and especially a guy that is not going to have a job this year. I I can't see it. Arizona. I mean, maybe they bring him in the backup Kyler Murray. Uh, maybe maybe the the Las Vegas uh, they got a, Raiders. They got a good backup in Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy came in and played well for them last. Yeah, year. he did. Yeah, but he's not Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, they so, can still spend that money somewhere else. Yeah, though, so. I mean, I'm trying to think of teams right now besides Seattle that would be out there that could be a good landing spot for him. And I, I'm just – Pittsburgh is definitely – Washington's another option, Pittsburgh's too, maybe good, as an you know, insurance. We, Mark and I were talking about at the beginning of the show uh, before we went on air. Washington, maybe just because of the Wentz injury risk, maybe, too. Maybe you have a better backup there. Are you going to give up picks just as much as you gave up picks for Carson Wentz? I mean, maybe. It, uh, maybe they would consider it. I don't know. They How need about so many Tennessee? other things. How about Tennessee? I mean, they, well, they just they just spent a lot of money trading for Robert Woods now and Austin Hooper. So do they have any money left? They were barely over the salary cap, too. So that might be hard as it is. Yes, I get the Tannehill's really, really looks bad as that uh, near 30 million dollar. Maybe you bring him but... as your backup. And maybe if Tannehill doesn't start the season strong, you put Baker Mayfield in that position. And Baker's your future quarterback moving forward with very well, actually no Tennessee actually is good for twenty one point four nine million. So they must have made some other cups or something like that because they did just trade for Robert Woods, who's 15 million this year. And maybe they make a move for Baker Mayfield. He would be a nice fit over there. I, 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 I'm just trying to think of teams right now that make sense where their quarterback play is not, really or as an insurance policy for it. injuries. Yeah. What did you say, Jeff? Seattle, and that's it. Yeah, but there's always going to be quarterback injuries, though, too. So I could see his scenario where they're trying to bring him in as a competition-type starter if the market is, dies out more. Which is also a ridiculous idea. 
because what you're you're saying is, oh, there's always quarterback injuries. Yeah, those happen in season. There's no way that Baker Mayfield. But he did say in season, too, as an option, as something they could wait for the trade deadline for to maybe get more value. Yeah, if, his not... value if his value is shot currently, I'm not sure what teams are thinking right now. The Colts were the leading go-getters at the time, but they preferred Matt Ryan instead. And, and I would have, too. And they only had to trade a third-round pick to do it. Baker's younger, you're, so you're probably going to have to give up a second. So... I don't I know. can't possibly see the Browns waiting until the season starts to trade Baker. Mayfield. I don't think they, they will either, but I don't think Errol's theory of thinking that they might wait if they get nothing is crazy because Andrew Barry has been a very smart GM with when it comes to these trades. And look at the trade they just made with Amari Cooper. Like they were able to give trade very little the other way. So they make these kind of things work and they've built a good roster as a result, accumulating draft picks and making good trades. Now, Will they have that deal with that with about, quarterback is another question. How about Baker Mayfield to the Eagles? I Ooh, mean, that's actually not a bad option. I mean, they, I mean, are they going to are they going to get away from Jalen Hurts who yeah. cost a whole lot less money and you're going to get the same production? It's it's a good question. Um, also, another team that I was just looking at that could be I, I said the mm-hmm. Patriots, but uh, the Texans never happening. Uh, the Texans, maybe. I, yeah, the Texans are a team that yeah they have Mills there. But are they going to – you're bringing – obviously, Lovey Smith. Uh, Baker would be a great, like, positive, uh, you know, uh, you know, superstar, you know, face of your organization. The only thing with that is, is wouldn't he have been in the trade if they were really interested in him? The no, because you – No, because, honestly, I, I think they think they can get a first-round draft pick for him, and I just don't think they can. No, I don't think they're going to get a first-round pick. I, that would be the only thing in season if, like, he plays well, then – that maybe they could try to dangle him at that point. But if he plays well, the Browns might just say, all right, let's uh, – if he plays well, if Watson's suspended, let's go keep him for the rest of the season and try to trade him in the next offseason too because th- that's the other factor with Watson. Is he going to get suspended? What did the Falcons so, do, by the way? They, they got a third-round pick. No, what did Falcons do for the quarterback play? Marcus Mariota. Marcus, yeah, Marcus Mariota, Mariota. that's right. Yeah. All right, so uh, Baker's really – The Browns are going to have to end up cutting him because yes. they're going to value that – $20 million of cap space, far more than they're going to value a fourth round draft pick they're going to get for Baker Mayfield. It's crazy, and that means Baker has a chance to go wherever he wants. And I'm telling you, Pittsburgh, he we'd love to go and play the Browns twice a year in the same conference where he could just, you know, really create try to win. an enemy. Yeah, create an enemy and well, whip their ass. You know, that would be fun. Scenario, that's the only scenario in which I could possibly yes. see Baker ending up there because yeah. you're not giving draft picks to one of your rivals. No. And, and you're not giving Pittsburgh, who was a playoff team, with an autistic kid quarterback last year, right, an actual person that can throw the football. <laughs> What was Ben Roethlisberger's farthest throw down the field last year? Three yards? Four yards? How far did he throw the ball? I mean, you're literally looking at a dude that couldn't complete screen passes last year. Right? And they made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Because they had a great defense. And right now with the Steelers, I'm not going to sit there and say Mitch is the guy, but they're going to give him a chance. But you put Baker there. Baker's the better quarterback. We all know that. Speedy, how's your arm? Because currently – you're better than last year's Ben Roethlisberger. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's saying much, but... No, but I, 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 <laughs> that's the point, though. Like, anything is going to be an upgrade when you're like, oh, Trubisky's Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm Anyone's telling you... going to be an upgrade. I'm telling so the you, only thing that would be an upgrade is Tyler at quarterback? I'm, I'm telling you right now... Yes. It, 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 he I'm might t- play O-line. He'll in the waiver retire. He can play O-line. I'm telling you that if the Browns somehow waive Baker Mayfield, I'm, I, I'm calling it right now. Within 24 to 48 hours, he's going to sign with the Steelers. I'm telling you right now that's what's going to happen. He, he could, but I'm still going to ride the Seattle bandwagon for that one. Really? You think he'll go to Seattle? Yeah, I think I just there's been too much talk about it. I just think that you know there's got to be something there. I think somehow, some way, he ends up in Seattle. I, you know what? I I think he would rather play the Cleveland Browns. I think he has a lot more uh, to just shove it up there. You know what? And 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 I think him going to the Steelers. Uh, over there in that conference, and he will win the job from Trippinski. Maybe not the first two games. They'll give Mitch an opportunity. What are you talking about the great Mitch Trubisky? I'm saying I love Mitch, and I hope Mitch, you know, is going to have a good season this year. I'm rooting for him. But if Baker goes there, one way or another, he's winning that job. And he would. I'm telling you, could you imagine on Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football? Baker Mayfield going into Cleveland against the Cleveland oh, if Browns. That, if that happens with could the next you imagine month? that against Deshaun Watson? <laughs> if that, that happens within great. the next month before the schedule comes out, guarantee you that's Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football Week One. Uh, it would be absolutely well. Deshaun won't be there Week One. So. Well, yeah, but uh, they'll make it. They'll make it something if he's not right. If he's not suspended, they'll schedule it accordingly to make it work for something to just get that rivalry going. I I, I would love to see him go into Cleveland and shove it up Cleveland's, you know what, and beat them on their home turf with the Steelers. That would be so funny. I mean, they did it with an interim coach in a playoff game. I'm rooting for them. Baker now. I, I'm I'm rooting for Baker. I want Baker. I want Baker to get waived. I want Baker to go to the Steelers, and I want to see this rivalry really turn into something really special because, you know, I, I think the Browns really did him dirty. I, I really do. I, I think it was wrong for what they did. I, I understand Deshaun Watson's the better quarterback. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But to give up on a quarterback that two years ago was one play away from getting you into the AFC title game if it wasn't for Andy Reid's special call – and maybe into the Super Bowl. So uh, to give up on a quarterback like this, it's crazy. It, it really is. I, and he, and he, you can't blame him because he hurt his shoulder. And, Jeff, you were the first person to say that. The guy played with a broken arm last year and still played. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not the one disrespecting him. No. I was giving him. No, I you gave him props. Him yeah, you gave, you gave him props. Because and, 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 you, can't, you can't have it both ways. Right, mm-hmm. this is the problem I have with so many people. They go, "Oh, he stinks." He played, yeah, he played hurt. He toughed it out. If he had just called it a season and said, "Well, I, I need the surgery, so I'm going to get the surgery now," they would have all shit on him for not being tough mm-hmm. and for quitting on the team. They would have. Mm-hmm. And, and he he stayed he, and he played and he tried to play his heart. He still threw over three thousand yards last year and seventeen touchdowns in right. twelve twelve or thirteen interceptions. Uh, yes, you expecting more from Baker? Uh, Odell didn't make it easy for him last year. Chubb was hurt, too, which didn't help. Uh, yes, and um, and obviously Jarvis Landry was hurt all season long too. I had him on both my fantasy leagues. He couldn't stay healthy. So yeah, you drafted him and Odell in the beach. Yeah, league. I remember that. Yeah, it it, and, it, it didn't. And you help. were right. I you were right. I have five wide receivers going in the first round. Yeah, 
I did. You I, think, did. I think that I think the Jets with one of their yeah they'll get one. one. Yes, I believe right. it. Yeah, um, there's zero chance that this another years go by and the Packers don't do it. No, I think right? so too. Like, the Eagles probably will do it with one of the three. I would imagine. Eagles will. The Eagles will do it. The Patriots are, are in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they could very well take. Uh, why? I mean, it never works out for them, but they could take one, right? Uh, the Ravens, I wouldn't rule out either. The Ravens are always looking for wide receivers, right? Who else is in that mix? There's a lot. Yeah, of the playoff team. Arizona, just like Kirk. So Arizona could be interested. What what team? The Texans certainly need a wide receiver. (laughs) The Texans need everything. (laughs) Well, right, but they need one. You were right, the Cardinals, they lost Christian Kirk, and I don't care what you think about him and his contract or whatever. They still have to replace him. Yep. And I think they, yeah. I mean, there's gonna. I, I think there's gonna be five uh, receivers in the first round. Indianapolis yep. certainly could take one. Yep. Well, they don't have a first round pick; they'll have to take it in the second round. But that's the competition with them and the Browns. Oh, that's like, right. Matt, they just gave one. Yeah, up. Matt was saying that the Browns could even get one that falls to the second round. The Colts also could be that team too that scoops up the sixth or the seventh guy, or he maybe even tries to leapfrog the Browns and steal one from them. Mm. Yeah, Philly's in there. I can see Philly. Doing that, you know. I, I I do believe the Jets will draft a wide receiver. I think they trade out of the tenth pick. I still think they will to get another first round next year. I think they fall. Maybe if the Eagles, because I've heard the Eagles are talking. They've been talking to Jets of possibly moving from uh, eighteen or nineteen to ten, which means they'll have to give up a first round next right. year uh, to move up. You know, nine spots. Um, I I think the Jets would do that, and they could still get the wide receiver that they want. At 18 See, or here's another team to throw in there, the Saints need a receiver. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Especially, yeah, especially if they do end up trading Michael Thomas, which seems more likely than not, because they, they finally got over the positive salary cap, but still Michael Thomas' contract is hindering them. Which is time. very interesting. If, if you look I'll at Michael you, Thomas. I'll give, you, I'll give you another team that's struggling at receiver. And, you know, every time they take one, he hates going there. But Dallas could certainly use a, a wide receiver. I do believe Dallas will draft a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, there's no question I think they will. I mean, they've got one real wide. I mean, if, if Gallup is coming off an injury, right. he might not start the season, you know. So Tennessee just, Tennessee just let go of Julio Jones. There's another team. They just traded for Robert Woods, though, too. So Yeah, they could still use another one. Maybe, but they, I think they need to draft more I think Julio, first. and I'm going to say this again, I think Julio Jones goes to the Patriots. Uh, I, I Out of the top four teams that I've read, the Patriots are in the top. I'm four. assuming Indianapolis was in that next two now with Matt Ryan. I would imagine. I mean, he, I mean, he he honestly is the perfect Patriot. Like, the, but if there's one thing the Patriots love doing, honestly, it's taking guys in the first round with knee injuries. They love it. Mm. They absolutely love, it. dude. They drafted Damian Easley out of Florida. He had two ACL surgeries, one on each knee, and they were like, "You're a first rounder." Never <laughs> even played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he played, I think, for the Rams later or something like that. It actually was pretty good. They, they love drafting hurt guys. And it, it's, it, it's, it. it's very interesting now that Matt Ryan is in Indianapolis. Why not Julio go to Indianapolis yeah. and play with Matt Ryan? Because they need the big body guy, too. The Colts have lacked a big bodied receiver. They got Pittman's big. Pittman's big. Not as, not, yeah, but he's, that's not his main trait. Like, the, the, even when Andrew Luck was there, the Colts had more of those speed-type receivers, route-running-type receivers, and their bigger guys were more of the tight ends. They, they have lacked a big-bodied receiver, really, since, since Peyton Manning was there and they, when they, the duel they had. And even 
a little bit after that too. They Michael had Pittman guys. is not small. He's six. No, two. but no, but his game is is not of like the physical type. He's not he's not like that Julio Jones at his prime where he can make those tough catches. And Reggie Wayne was physical. And and they just lost the number two. Uh, Zach Pascal, Pascal went to the Eagles. Number. Yes. Yeah, man. There you go. Right, which which served as that kind of guy, but even that was like like somebody like Allen Robinson who just signed with the Rams would have been somebody perfect for a team like the Colts. But now Julio Jones is available with Matt Ryan. I think yeah, that, that makes, makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. Uh, and plus, uh, the Titans have to take on still eleven million dollars of the dead cap too. So. And Indianapolis has a lot of money, so they could if they want Julio Jones, they can get Julio. And Julio is not expensive. I think he's getting five and a half million. Yeah, and the Titans are going to have to pay some of it too. Eleven point five. He's not. He's uh, not getting anything. He's not getting anything. He's getting whatever he signs for. That money that 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 he's owed, yeah, he's going to get that. But that's not that doesn't count. Who cares? They can pay him whatever they whatever he wants. I mean, why not him go to the Colts and play with Matt Ryan at the end of Matt Ryan in his career? I think that would be a sensational move for for Julio Jones, and he could have a breakout season. Matt Ryan knows him just as well as anybody does. So, uh, I mean, can you can you honestly imagine if they get Julio to play opposite of Michael Pittman, who are both outside guys? Right. And they get like Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave to run around underneath. Mm-hmm. That could be dangerous. And they have Taylor, who, by the way, was the best Is running back in the league. Yeah. So no, no, he's not. He, no, he was the best running back in the league performance-wise last year. He was the best running yeah, back. That's in the league only last year. because Derrick Henry got hurt. Derrick yes. Henry. Yes. Was the best of I didn't. I said last year. I didn't say he's the best. I said he was the best running back in the league last year. So it. it, 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 it Derrick expect- Henry. Derrick Henry's grades are thicker than Jonathan uh, Taylor. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we can make a bet. I bet you Jonathan Taylor has a better season than Derrick Henry next year. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see that happening because you just hear me out, and I'm not shitting on Taylor in this, okay? Vrabel's offense will always be predicated around Derrick Henry as long as he's there and healthy. If the Colts get another receiver, they're not going to run as much. They'll throw a little more. It's interesting. It really is. Uh, we had and, a comment. And just, and just by just by throwing, you'll drive down his numbers a little bit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like right, yeah, volume, yeah, the amount of carries, the volume, yeah. Right. Uh, we got a comment from a uh, Coca we Lawan. Also have, we also have a caller too. Uh, I'm just going to read the comment and then we'll get to the caller. Uh, Coca Lawan says, "Jeff could stay on." Too. I don't think Julio Jones would play with Matt Ryan again. Ooh, that's very interesting. All right, who we got on the other side? Who do we have on? K Dog. Hey. What's up, man? I got to talk about. Antonio Brown. Is he – what's the word on Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown said there's, there's only one team he wants to play for this year, and that's Baltimore. Yep. Um, he wants to play with his cousin. I mean, everything that we've heard. I don't know if anybody is going to sign him. I don't see Baltimore signing him. No, they don't like to go after those. No. So I, I think he's done. I think his career in the NFL is gone. I, I, that's, that's assuming Antonio Brown can get out on a date pass from Bellevue. <laughs> 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 I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you something, uh, Mr. Dog over there. Uh, I don't. I don't see Antonio Brown getting a job. I just don't see anybody lining up for him. And you would think that if he didn't open his big fat mouth, uh, you know, in Tampa, Tom Brady, you know, obviously comes out of retirement and goes back to the Buccaneers. Maybe he has a job. I mean, but he opened his mouth and and now he really screwed himself. He owes so many money. I mean, if you look at some of the stories that you hear, the guy could have, that Oakland deal, 
I mean, he had an opportunity to get all that money from Oakland. Right. He lost that contract because of his big fat mouth. Then he goes. Uh, where did he went? Go. Then he went to the Patriots for two games. The Patriots. Like the Patriots gave him. Uh, you know. 10 million dollars guaranteed or something like that and he screwed that up too so the man just doesn't shut his mouth he he just opens it up and opens it up and he doesn't shut up technically he technically he didn't what, he doesn't deserve to be on a team for what he did last year bailing on the team throwing a little bitch fit because Rob Gronkowski was going to trying to get the incentives Tom Brady was trying to get Rob Gronkowski incentives. He felt all jealous or something, and he quit on the team right in their playoff run. I think was that with the game before the playoffs. It was the second sure. to last week of the season against the I, Jets. I don't think I don't think it was all that. I I really think that Antonio Brown was hurt. I do believe he was hurt. I don't think he was as bad as he says he was. Uh, so I, but I, I think he was hurt. He went over there to Bruce Arians and said he was done for the game. Bruce Arians told him to get the F on the field. If you don't get off the F on the field, you're done. That's what he said. He got angry. He then obviously, what's his name again? Uh, the the star Mike Evans went up to him. You saw him walk up to him, try to talk to him. He pushed his face. And you you t- you see him stripping his clothes off, throws his pads to the side, and then he walks into the end zone and puts his two thumbs up or whatever, his two fingers up, peace, and, and runs off the field with no clothes on. I mean, that was embarrassing not only to the organization of the Buccaneers. He embarrassed himself. Why would any, any organization take on a crazy lunatic like that where he can embarrass you at any time on national television? I it's not that was met life. That's New York City. I mean the Sounds press like the perfect cowboy. I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean I mean yeah. I mean it's the the press coverage he got because of and then by the way, the night before he's 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 in a he's in a hotel sleeping with a you know a, a hooker. You know what I mean? I mean a playboy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Does that make him a bad guy? No, but the way he did a sex tape. And he and what he should he well, wait a second, Jeff. He said that he was hurt. Now all of a sudden he has a girl up in his room and he's having a little fun with her. I mean, if you're you hurt, know, don't you, you think what you you're know, don't you think what you're doing? You're icing you your. I mean, I mean, yeah. here, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you don't fuck with your ankle. Big mistake. He embarrassed himself, Jeff. He's it's an embarrassment. He's not getting another job. I I'd be very surprised as if an NFL no, team reaches out to him and actually hires him. He's a moron. Okay. I don't know. He could be a cowboy. <laughs> he could very be. much could be a cowboy. Off. Yeah, it you would piss. What me? Oh my God, what's this is what pisses me off. It's the he was Tom Brady trying to go back to back, and he's got his other wide receiver injured. Chris Godwin, he's out. That's it. You got him and Evans and Tony Brown and Evans. And they're just bails. And pretty much, I think that was it. When Antonio Brown left, he, that was it. That was their chance to make up the run in the playoffs. They're not going to do it with Chris Evans alone. You need Antonio Brown. Here's, as, as, here's another thing. As much bro. as you say, he, he's a good player. When he's, not when anymore. He's, on, he's focused. Not anymore. He was playing good. He was playing good. No, he wasn't. I mean, what, what did he have last year, Speedy? Go look up his numbers. He, he wasn't good last year. He's not the same player. And by the way, Antonio Brown, say, say whatever you want for what he is. Everywhere he's gone, he's been a cancer. Okay, he's an embarrassment. And then what he said about Tom, and I'm I'm not one to stick up for Tom, but Tom is a class act. 
What Tom Brady did nothing but stick up, and Tom Brady could have threw him under the bus after that game, and he said nothing. He's one of my players. I can't talk about one of my players. Tom Brady could have threw him under the bus for all the stupid bull crap that he's done, and he didn't. And then he throws Tom Brady under the bus on national TV, you know, on uh, on real sports. Uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Brown in seven games last year, actually pretty good numbers. 42 catches, 545 yards, four touchdowns. For a, for a third for a third target in that that's on that not team. A that's not, it's not bad. But he also missed a bunch of time though. Too. No, I know. No, he only played seven games. For, first, of, first of all, Godwin Godwin was out. That's why he was the second. He wasn't the third. He was the second. And and and, and Godwin got what, what did he play? Five late, games late in the season. He got hurt. He yeah, got but hurt. Godwin only played five six games. No, he no he played the whole season until the Let's last see. four games of the how season. Many, how many games did Godwin play? Uh, yeah, he was hurt against the Saints in that game. They got shut out. That was a December game or January game. So he played most of the season, in that, and he just tore his ACL right at that time. Godwin played, yeah, 14 games. And, yeah, so he's the third target. So, yeah, I, th- I would say those are pretty good numbers for a third target that played seven games. And he's probably the fourth target because Brady uses yeah, his tight end. Oh, point. sure. I'm not saying he's – I mean, there's my thing. He's got no chance. You got another chance without him. I mean, who else are you going to put in there? Uh, yeah, no one else. All right. Uh, comment from uh, Coca again. If Henry remains healthy, he breaks a single season rushing record. Uh, AB is done. Julio may jo- Julio Jones may go to Baltimore. That's interesting. And don't be surprised to see Tom Brady go after Julio. Uh, I don't know. Does Tampa have the salary cap for that kind of thing? Because they need other they things. All they all do. <laughs> yeah, they might need other things other than receivers. But uh, again, who Dude, knows? Tom, I'm, I'm Tom, Tom Brady. Salary. People take pay cuts for Tom Brady, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Dude, I'm, I'm convinced the salary cap isn't even a real thing anymore. The, the Saints were $43 million over the cap. They didn't cut a single person, and now they have $25 yeah, million. Yeah, they restructured a ton, of, a ton of contracts, somehow made it work, and to get, finally get over the positive. <laughs> Tampa right now, $2.501 million, and they just re-signed Leonard Fournette as well, $7 million a year for a three-year deal. It's fine. Don't worry. You'll see the emergence of Tyler Johnson. No, I, I, Godwin. Once he comes back, will still be him. I, I it's just a matter of there could just be I'm, more of a two tight end offense. I'm shocked that Godwin went back there. I thought he was going to get a hundred million dollars. You expected that from a wide receiver yeah. of his his expertise, but he he knew obviously he knew that Tom Brady was going back, and 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 I he I do got put, a lot. He got sixty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, but he got he the would, same contract Mike Williams did three years, sixty million. I I think he should have gotten more. I, I think he's a better player than Mike Williams. Yeah, I am. Too. I think he's a number one. Uh, he took less because of Tom Brady going back. You guys hear about this story? When Tom Brady retired, the odds of a Tampa Bay Super Bowl was like thirty-five to one or something, and someone made a huge bet, and that they're going to return to the Super Bowl. I wanted. I'm not sure one or the other. And I guess, like they're saying, they got insider info. They knew Tom was going to come back because when he came back, the odds changed to like seven to one. Well, that whole that whole saga. I mean, everyone knew that. He, was he ever completely gone? It was the, was the question. So it's not surprising that. that ever kind of thing since happened. he went to that Ronaldo soccer game, and I don't know if everybody saw that, he went to see Ronaldo play, and then the day twenty four hours later, he, he he announces that he's coming back. I mean, I'm not saying anything, but uh, obviously, obviously, maybe going to watch one of the greatest soccer players play. You know, in a in a in a soccer game, he said, you know, I could still play this game. I could still be at the top level. I had a great season. I was an MVP runner-up. I could still play, and I and I think he's going to play two more years. I think it's going to be this year and the year after that. I I don't think Tom Brady is done until he it proves 
his field management and, and his play really just completely dips. It hasn't dipped. It's gotten better. So I think Tom Brady and, and, and being that Godwin signed the three year deal, I think Tom Brady's going to be there at least two. So and if uh, I could find and if I could find seven to one odds on the Bucks, I'd take it right now in a heartbeat because guess what? They're going to the Super but whether they win or not is another thing. But they're going to the Super Bowl. Who else in the NFC could possibly beat them now? Nobody. The Rams. Aaron Rodgers has Aaron Rodgers has no receivers. No, the Rams can. The Rams can. Yeah, the Rams absolutely. have beaten them like four out of the last five times. The they Rams played. can. Yeah. The Rams to nah. definitely do that. And San Francisco. They, they've lost. A, they've lost a lot too. Don't sleep on the loss of uh, Andrew Whitworth up front. That's going to hurt them. Definitely could hurt them for sure. But still, I, the Rams have replenished players nicely. It seems like they always lose somebody, and then all of a sudden they get, hey. get it back, or like they can find plug in some fifth round pick I, to make I mean, it work. I mean, adding Allen Robinson is is not so bad, okay? right? <laughs> and Allen Robinson is going to play a big role now that they traded Robert but Woods Alan, and Odell's Robinson hurt too. Right, but Allen Robinson's only replacing Odell Beckham because Beckham hasn't resigned there. Well, he's technically also replacing Robert Honest, Woods. They just traded Robert Woods. Too, honestly, so. honestly. Right, so I, I don't see the Rams as a better team this year than last Allen year. Robinson hasn't had a good quarterback actually throw him the ball his whole career. <laughs> I, I mean, could you imagine what he's going to do on that team the, with Cooper Cup? I mean, he's going to be much better than Odell Beckham right, on, but, on that, right, on that type of offense. Rece- but they were a three-wide receiver team last year. They had the Robert OBJ Woods, yes. And, no, no, no. Robert Woods wasn't there yeah. because they had OBJ. And then they had Van Jefferson um, and Cooper Cup. Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup. They're losing OBJ. He's gone. He's gone to Dunzo. Well, hold on one second. He out of the four teams that are interested, the Rams are still one of those teams that they still think they could get Odell. And they trade Robert Woods fifteen million dollars. It definitely could help. They that kind still of thing. believe they're going to sell him. I don't they're know. I mean, out of the four teams that are interested. Uh, there and Ob OBJ is not going to be playing until maybe the second half of the season. Right, maybe not even the last month until the last month of the season. You know, it's so, supposed to be a nine month recovery period at least, and maybe again it's a twenty. Right, so even if he comes back, he's not going to be useful probably. But he still was. That was what he was to the Rams. Good late in the season. Was, it, it took him a while to get going. By remember? the way, by the way, this this is a new story that happened a couple hours ago that. OBJ's agent says that the Los Angeles Rams are the favorite to land OBJ. So if they land OBJ, okay, and they have OBJ in the second half of the season with Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson, who's better than them? Who's better than them? They have Tom Brady, and he doesn't lose. They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Rams, and now this is a better team. This right, is a better team only, anywhere. Right, but they only lost to the Rams because, number one, they didn't have Godwin, and their entire secondary was out for them last year. Here, here, all got hurt. Here's a story. Right, they all got hurt. Here's a story that you'll like. Um, Matthew Judon recruiting Odell Beckham Jr. to sign with the Patriots. I love Matthew Judon, but he can go pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Coco Luan also says, who's going to replace Wilson in Seattle, Baker Mayfield? Yeah, definitely a possibility. I mean, if they're still trying to maybe win for one year of Pete Carroll, I don't know, maybe. But still, they're rebuilding. I don't know. I don't think, honestly, I, I, I don't think Baker's going to Seattle. I think he's going to go to a team that somebody's, they're going to get, he's going to get waived, and he's going to go. I'm telling you, he's going to, the only team that makes sense where he, he can really shove it up, you know what's, but 
It's Pittsburgh. It makes a lot of sense. It really does. And it's not just me just making up rumors. No, I thought that way with Antonio Brown, too. There is a the story. There are two stories of insiders that believe that if he gets waived, that's where he's going. So I and, I, and he'll win the he'll probably win the job from Mitch. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I wouldn't. And I, I think Cleveland really put a, you know, to make an enemy out of, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield will love this. You kidding me? It's going to, you know this, Jeff, more than anybody does because you follow Baker all the way from Oklahoma. He loves when the pressure is on him. He loves when people doubt him. It makes him a better player. So it's not going to matter. I got a Patriots Cowboys Super Bowl. <laughs> what console is that going to be on? Because we know the Cowboys won't Seriously, make it in real life. If the Patriots played the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, what what do you think that would be like for like the two weeks before the Super Bowl? How it, how it would be? It would be fantastic. How, what do you? How do you? Def, what do you mean? Def would just mean? call just to rip the beef. Oh no, I have him on text. I've made him cry several times this week. Are you, are you kidding me? The beef would first of all, the beef would have a heart attack. One. He'd be like, I told you! I told you Dak was going to get us there. <laughs> and then you have no, Jeff. He said he and then I would say, oh, beef, 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 oh, wake up, wake up, you're dreaming. <laughs> and then Dak. Oh, yeah. Both of those teams are going nowhere. The, the, whoever wins the AFC West will win the AFC. And, and Tom Brady, he's going to lead the Buccaneers back to the Super Bowl. I, I, don't, I don't think Tom Brady will get the Bucs to the Super Bowl. I, I really think... If there's a team that can repeat themselves to go with the, how easy the West is, the NFC is, it is the Rams. I, I think the Rams are a good team. They're still very talented. I think they 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 did lose Von Miller, but uh, I expect them to draft. They still have uh, they still have a fourth round this year, a third round. Do they have a third round? Yeah, they have a third round. They just don't have anything of the first two rounds. No, they have a third and a fourth. And, a and they fifth. have, like, a bunch of fifths. That's yeah, a bunch time. of fifths. So yeah. I expect them to draft a pass rusher in the third round. Um, I, they're still very talented. They have a good system of plug-and-play guys. Remember, they've had three different defensive coordinators the last three years, too, and somehow made it kind of thing work. Now, there's always one significant flaw with the Rams in each year. <laughs> 2019, it was their run defense. 2020, it was their secondary depth. And last year, their run defense struggled on the outside. But they did play well in the playoffs in that area. Outside of outside of one like really bad stretch in the fourth quarter where Joe Mixon was running well, that and, was really it. And a full season of Henderson and Aker. I mean, that's a, good, a pretty good duo uh, right, right now. And uh, Henderson really didn't touch the ball a lot in the Super Bowl. I think that if he wasn't coming off an injury, and one of the, Henderson's the best running back on the team. I like Aker. I think he's really, really good. But Aker's is the one that has the upside that they're trying to use as more of the feature back, though, yeah, too. So, I don't, I don't but I don't think it's going to be a feature back system anyway. So. I, I think this is Henderson's team. Yeah, he far more than Daryl Henderson. I don't know, man. Henderson was, uh, to me, one of the best running backs in the league this year. And I think he's so underrated. And uh, I, I, he played very well before he, he got hurt. He wasn't even their lead back when Akers wasn't even there. It was Sony Michelle. No. Sony Michelle took a while to get going. It though. was Henderson. Henderson was the guy in the first half of the season. It was Henderson. Henderson was the better running back out of that team. It wasn't It wasn't Sonny Michelle. It absolutely was uh, Henderson. Yeah, Henderson was also I a had good pass-catching I had him on so. two fantasy teams. He was a big part of my fantasy all season long before he got hurt. And, and, and Henderson, Henderson had a very good season. 
So I, I think he's the he, I think he's the feature back on that team, and he's the dual dual pass catching guy too. Whereas Sony Michelle, even though he was kind of that at Georgia because Nick Chubb was the main feature back, he hasn't really been that in the NFL. The Patriots really don't give him that chance because James White was there and Rex Burkett and all the other guys they had there. But even with the Rams too, he never really took on that role. Here's here's your not feature back in Sony Michelle because he stinks and couldn't get going. Two hundred and eight attempts for eight hundred and forty-five yards and, and your guy Daryl Henderson leading that team, hundred and forty-nine attempts, six hundred and eighty-eight yards because he led the team. Four point six an average, dude. An average Doesn't NFL three point eight. Come on, yes. Twelve games played to Sony Michelle seventeen. What's oh, up, Sony Michelle? Four point six a carry, an average NFL player three point eight. Look at those; those numbers are, are the appealing numbers, man. You can Sony look Michelle at the six hundred. No, he's not. He's There's not, not going to be one guy in the offense as it is. But <clears throat> er, uh, Errol's right in terms of the Sony consistency factor. In terms of the consistency factor, of the whole season, Daryl Henderson was saving their running game from being practically nothing in the first half of the season because of Cam Akers' injury. More reliable. The best ability is availability. 17 games played versus Daryl Henderson's 12. And he didn't really play in all those games, though, either, even though he's dressed either in the first half of the season. I thought he would take a while. I, I thought he would be instant. But it really took the third game for him to get going. Had 20 carries, 67 yards. Beyond that, weeks 4 through 11, he only had... One game where he touched the ball double-digit times in that span. And then he got it going late in the season. 121 yards in their game against Jacksonville. Had 131 yards in their game against the Vikings. Uh, 92 yards. If Sonny Michelle's there, they have a dynamic thrill. I right. mean, yeah, I'm, not even, I'm not even sure he's going to end up back there next year. He might not. No, he might not. Because... Because Akers again should play the full season, barring any other setbacks. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good offense. Akers is the guy. He's awesome. Uh huh. Well. Aker's a good player. I think he dropped the ball, you know, in the playoffs. You you saw a lot of mistakes that Aker's made. I mean, yeah, that was a weird, fluky fumble, though, too. You don't really see him, like, No, he dropped the ball. He dropped the ball. Well, the second fumble, yes, I'll give you that. The second fumble was on him. Dropped the ball three times in the playoffs, dude. Three. No, I'm just saying this first first fumble in that second. He dropped the ball three times out of three games in the playoffs. That's not good, okay? And I, yes, he he didn't have much of a season. He didn't, we understand that. Yeah, I hope so. But but uh, Daryl Henderson, how many times did he drop the ball this year? The answer is once. The whole season, he dropped the ball one time. So I I'm sorry. I'm I and, and they're a good dynamic duo. Anyways, I expect to see a lot of Henderson this year if he can stay healthy. And and, and Aker, yeah, Cam Akers is a good player. They're great offense. They're they're stacked. And if Odell Beckham goes back over there, could you imagine Cam Akers? Daryl Henderson, OBJ, you have Allen Robinson. They lost, they lost on the offensive line, and that's going to hurt. And they lost defensively, too. They Did lost, they bring a tight uh, end that could block? Did they bring in a tight end? They lost Von Miller, though. I know, they yeah. lo- I, I know they lost Gerald Everett last year. So I think it's Johnny Munt, who's their other tight end or something like that, to go with, no, 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 with, uh, with Higby. Higby. Well, Higby's the starter, but he's more of a receiving Higby, tight end. He's, right, not, he's not a great blocker. Higby. Did they did they trade away Everett? What happened to Everett? Everett was with Seattle last year. He I think he just signed with the Chargers this year. But I, I, yeah, Blanton was their other hybrid type guy, but he's more of a receiver too. He's not really a great blocker. I think Johnny Munt is their other blocking tight end. I didn't hear they brought anyone else in, unless it was just recently. Because yeah, Everett Everett just went to the Chargers, and he's going to start over there because Jared Cook's gone. Who's the Who's the Chicago Bear? The defensive lineman that's still available right now, Akeem Hicks. No, 
Is it Akeem Hicks? Ak- Akeem Hicks, I th- or Eddie Goldman, one of them. Yeah, I know they're. Yeah, they're both still available. Hicks, yeah. Hicks it is the guy, Hicks. the big. Okay. Yeah, the, the big guy. Yeah, defensive tackle. Uh, I'm wondering where he's going to go. The fact that he doesn't have a job yet. He was. He was Watch it be the Chargers. <laughs> They'll stock up on interior guys. There's now. no way they have the money for him. There's no way. They, they just give J.C. Jackson the money that they gave him. There's no way he's going to the Chargers. No, I just said, wouldn't that be funny? Like, that's a luxury, though, that kind of thing. Because the Chargers really have everything else at this point. I mean, they're... Yeah, yeah look how cooked out if the Chargers uh, get their hands on Jordan Davis. Yeah, no, that that's the dream scenario for them, if they could somehow pull that off. No, the Chargers still have $22.1 million if they want to spend it on that. That's really the last thing they need. Maybe Maybe a corner depth, but that's really it. I mean, Hicks is still available. I'm very surprised he's he's still available right now. Cincinnati could be a team to scoop him up too because they just lost Larry Ogunjobi too. So they could that could definitely bolster their front. But they still need more they still need more secondary help too. Though they they spent all the money on the offensive line now. That's really the next step that they could go for. But again, that could be an option for them too. The Panthers now have the most money too, twenty eight point nine million after they started the the free agency process with like twenty twentieth on the list. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I can see Cincinnati drafting Jalen Weidemeyer. Yeah, I wouldn't rule that out. As a, you, what do you think, a second-round pick? Um, dude, they could reach in the first round. They just got rid of Uzama. Okay. And, because he's probably the best tight end in the draft. Yeah, right? and, no, and, and I know, I know they don't like Drew Sample, so they're not going to trust him. So it has to be, they're going to have to draft the tight end to make that kind of thing work. Did you like? Uh, did you like what the Jets did with Tyler Conklin? Yeah, I think that's a good move. I think that's a good move, and, and it helps shore up their offensive line, and that's why, like, that's why I said to you, I think the Jets are going wide receiver with at least one of their picks because they don't need any more offensive linemen. They don't. No. They have uh, the Vera Tucker and, and Tomlinson. And Lake and Tomlinson Louisville. they just signed. Yep. Right. Lake and Tomlinson. They signed Conklin. They're pretty all set at offensive line. Like they're pretty good. They can start actually building, you know, weapons to for him to throw to. You know, mm-hmm. right? Who do you think they land? Depends on where they're drafting. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. With which pick that they're they, like, even if they just stand pat, you can't predict trades or anything like that. But if it just stand pat, I mean, I would, I would say it would be Drake London at four. You think they're going to draft a, a wide receiver at four? I don't see that. I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying, if they did, yeah. Right. I say if they go pass rush at four. And I feel bad for Ajabo right. because he he tearing his Achilles at the pro day. He's falling out of the first round. He's going in the second day. So, um, which I think a team, I think any team in, in the second round, the first two or three picks, they'd be stupid not to draft Ajabo, even if you don't have him for the first year. That's a steal to get a number one talent, top ten talent, at, you know, in, in the second round. I mean, it's a steal. How good drafted by the Chiefs. <laughs> If I'm the Jets, right, and I don't like the Jets, but if I'm the Jets, the two guys that I would look to go after would either be Drake London or Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams? Yep. That early, though, you think, with the injury? At 10. At 10, yeah. He's not going to be there in the second round. Well, yeah, but they could trade back into the first round with their other second-round picks, though, too. Right, right, but he's not. Dude, Jamison Williams isn't making it past 20. You think? Even with the injury? Yeah, Especially with the other receiving depth that's in this draft. It's not like he's the only one. Yeah, that, right, but that injury is nothing. People bounce back from – an ACL injury isn't what it used to be. It's not. It's mm. not this big, serious injury. You see – I mean, dude, Jalen Waddle tore the Achilles, which is a worse injury. Right. He had a great rookie season for mm. the Dolphins. Yep. 
So I wouldn't worry about I would I don't I think Jamison Williams is the best wide receiver in the draft. The injury will probably make him slide a little bit, but he's not making it to twenty. So are you implying that there will be receivers drafted earlier before him, like three of them will go kind of near the top ten or Maybe ten 100%. through thirteen. I don't. One. I I don't think the Jets are going to take a chance to because Jamison Williams. You don't know when he's coming back from the ACL injury. I I remember. What are you yeah. talking about? He had he first of all that's an eight month that's like an eight month injury. He had the surgery. He had the surgery four days after the championship game. So that's the second week of January. And you're going to trust this kid, you know, being that you're you're taking one of your top picks and, and taking a kid that's t- tearing his eight. I don't know if the Jets are going to take a chance with him. I don't, I just as much it's as, as much as I like Drake London, team. just as much as I like Drake London coming off an injury like that. I don't know if the Jets are going to say, you know what? I could see a Garrett Wilson. The guy could stay. The, the guys, they don't need that position. They have that position in Elijah Moore. Those are both smaller. Receivers no, I, 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 they already outside. said that. Uh, they already saying that Elijah Moore is an outside guy. He, he's proven he's not a slot guy. He, they tried to put him in a slot this year. He was he was flourished as an outside guy. So I I, I think Elijah Moore is the outside guy. And they do they still have Corey Davis there. Um, Corey Davis will be a guy that they're going to use for the red zone. I don't think he's going to be the guy that I think they're bringing another guy for the outside. I, I uh, I'm and, telling you, if I'm the Jets, it's either Williams or Drake London. Those would be the two that I'd hope for. Mm. Mm. Those other guys, you don't know where you're getting. They're fast. Sure, they're you're like Olave and Garrett Wilson. I like both of them. They're both fast. I don't, I don't see them fit in the Jets. Anymore. I actually think Jamison no. Williams is probably the best scheme fit of them. It just you know, again the, with that injury, are you going to willing to take him at ten in comparison to other things? You got to remember, other positions could fall too, where they could get good value somewhere else too. It might not be a receiver they take that early. That, now they could if trade, other pass rushers fall. Or they could like trade out of that pick right. and go nineteen, and then get Jamison William at nineteen and get Maybe. another first right. round. But you, can't, you, but, but you can't predict trades. Right. You can't do that because you don't know if they even want to. Mm-hmm. And the other you thing, know. too, is just predicting the scenarios, too, of the other things. Who says the Jets don't take two pass rushers and just bolster it with Lawson, and then they take one top guy and maybe... They could also draft a wide receiver early in the second round. They got right. two second-round early picks. Or they could move up, like Speedy said, at the end of the the, set, the first round and get the, their wide right. receiver. Right, jump back in if somebody falls. Maybe Williams... Maybe Williams falls I mean, out. Maybe London falls out. I don't think it happens for both of them, but maybe something falls out. Or maybe they like another guy. Maybe there's some. Maybe there's a hidden gem that they like to fit their scheme that makes it kind of thing if, work. The 49ers if, did that if, all the time. If there's a guy that could fall, if I would, if I would make a prediction, you can't predict what teams like and what they don't like. But out of the five that I do like, if there's a guy that can fall, I would say it would be Traylon Burks. Okay. I don't know if it, Burks might be the one that maybe isn't the same level of the scheme fit as Jamison Williams, though, for the Jets, because he's more of the bigger body type. Now, he Arkansas sometimes used him as the motion type guy. They used him in the slot more than they probably should have, but they didn't really have much else in terms of receiving depth on that team. Jeff like this uh, in the Boston.com, Patriots projected to take Jamison Williams in their latest NFL draft. So Love Jamison. I do. I think Jamison Williams is the best wide receiver in the draft. Well, I'm just there you go, that. Jeff. That'll help the pattern of Patriots taking knee injuries, but this one will be a better one. Yeah, so. that's, that's, yeah, I wouldn't worry about this knee injury, though. I really That's why I said it was a positive one. You could finally add the positive knee injury pattern for the Patriots' first-round draft picks. Yeah, and, and that would just go to tell you, like, uh, I mean, I guess the Patriots, what are they, pick 22 or 23? Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if he makes it that far. 
I think he will. The Eagles might be the biggest threat in the middle of that draft just because of the Alabama connections with Smith and with Hertz. But he didn't really play with Hertz, though, as much because Hertz was at Oklahoma. Uh, Coco Lawan says Williams will eventually heal. There's a risk of somebody else drafting him if they wait. Hmm. Which I think, yeah, that's what you're referring to, Jeff. In that middle tier, 10 through 20, there's definitely those teams that have the multiple picks like the Eagles that could make that kind of thing work. Or a team that maybe doesn't need anything else besides a receiver, maybe like the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things that could happen there. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. Um, Again, you look at Jamison Williams, you look at Drake London. This is a pretty good wide-receiving draft class. So, I mean, it's very top-heavy, like Jeff says, but uh, there there are quite a few wide receivers that could be all pro, pro ball type of players. You just got to make the right choice and make sure that you, you, you do your due diligently and – and you study these guys and make sure that these guys are the, the guys that fit your scheme. And that's the most important thing. Jeff, thank you for calling. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Always a pleasure, Speedy. I would never hit you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say consolation in that. <laughs> Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, I, I'd like to thank Matt Fontana on a short notice joining us. He was awesome. He yes. always is. Uh, check out his show. He's got a great show on ESPN Cleveland. Uh, him and his producer are really, really good and really, really funny and very knowledgeable at Cleveland sports. So I've been listening to him ever since he's come on our show and uh, deserves a lot of credit for all the work and, and time that he puts into you know his content. And for him to, to take, it, take time out of his day to come and join us again tells you the class act that he really is. Um, also, Tristan Freeman for joining us. He was awesome, too. Bracketologist. Uh, you know, he, he really gave us some good content uh, for all the fans that follow the bracket and follow the NCAA tournament. He'll be covering the St. Peter's-Purdue game and the UCLA-North Carolina game in Philadelphia starting tomorrow. Or uh, Thursday. Yep, so he'll be I'll there. get used to the Tuesday show eventually. Yes, and uh, <laughs> thank you to um, Mark, Andre, uh, Mark Everett. Kelly, I almost said Andre Fleury. Um, New Minnesota Wild, Marc-Andre yeah, Fleury. Yes, he is. Uh, tomorrow we'll get into the NHL uh, trade deadline. Uh, the Rangers made some moves. Uh, did it make them better? Yeah, it made them better. Made them better in some areas, yes. But um, is it the big leap? We'll say. I think the Rangers, uh, I mean, the Rangers are going to play good hockey. I, the question is, are the Rangers a playoff team? And that's something, I mean, tonight it definitely didn't show much. I mean, uh, but... Uh, their goaltender had a bad game. Yeah, and, he does. Uh, I expect him to bounce back. He's a good, great. He's a great goalie. He's in, that game could have cost him the yeah. Uh, uh, you just hope it doesn't get into a tailspin you know, because that could happen with young goalies very easily. That could have cost him the trophy. But uh, hey, snug jumping in the comment section. Last four minutes of the show. What is Speedy's dog's time in the forty-yard dash when he sees a bear ass? Well, uh, he might not need to run forty yards. Uh, he might just. Make a sharp turn. Four seconds flat. I think he beats. He breaks the record big time. If you see Speedy's ass, forget it. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to run forty yards to get to the, the ridge. I say he, he outruns everybody. <laughs> I would hope he's not forty yards away from me. He licks me his and, lips. <laughs> oh well, yeah. He licks his lips anyway. There you go. And it, it, a little taste will go a far long way for the speedster. <laughs> What do you think, Speedy? 
Yeah, that probably would be. I just hope I would hope that in that scenario, I would never have my pants off if he's forty yards behind me and blindsided. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for our show. Thank you to Tristan Freeman and Matt Fontana for joining us. We'll be back on Thursday. Yes, our first Tuesday show for moving forward. It will be Tuesdays and Thursdays, no longer Wednesdays. So definitely stay tuned and listen to the Sports Loud Mount every, almost at the weekend crunch, every single Tuesdays and Thursdays. Until Thursday, this is Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, saying goodnight. We'll talk to you then. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.